Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. This week's show, we are going to preview a little bit of ADCC Trials. We have some great news for ADCC Trials. We are going to recap the Who's Number One event, the return of Gordon Ryan and a bunch of other grapplers. We are going to recap the EUG Event 3, the 155-pound tournament. And we also are going to recap the Third Coast Grappling 8, the Underdogs Tournament, plus a preview of Fight to Win 186 and Sug 28. As always in the show, I'm your host, Mange, and the co-host... Miranda. That was a mouthful. How you doing, Miranda? pretty good how are you doing well very tired uh, did some commentary yeah. this weekend at riverfront fights had a great time for a great organization and we defy um whole events up on youtube if you want to hear me commentate for six hours it is there for you um love doing commentary so it's awesome to get the opportunity to do that for such a great organization uh it was a bunch of good local competitors yeah it's awesome it was it a was, good showcase it was it was town. awesome it was an hour away so it was, wasn't too too far away to drive oh really yeah i thought it was like jersey for whatever reason no it was delaware Oh, okay that's not far so it was it was fun but i am very tired my voice is very tired so yeah. uh we've do, we've done the pre-show here for almost two hours and yeah uh let's get into it okay. um let's do news first adcc trials is a couple weeks away i have hotels you have hotels yeah zach has hotels we're going I'm excited. Atlantic City. Atlantic City, New Jersey. If you haven't got your hotels, uh, you need to do that Yeah, ASAP. you need to do that now. Because apparently there are some issues in getting rooms, which is why Miranda implored us uh, weeks and weeks like, ago. Like, as soon as it hit Atlantic City, I was, moved, like, I was like, like, we need to get hotel rooms like, now. Get them like, now. now. May- and then I and if we want to stay in the freaking casino. Which we're staying in Showboat, yeah, actually, we, where it is. Yeah. And Miranda was like, Maine. Now. Now. I waited like four <laughs> days and she's like, have you done it yet? I was like, I haven't done it yet. And she's like, you need to do that. And I was like, and my wife was like, so we're like you need to do that. There's going like, to be like 800 competitors all trying to uh, freaking. Technically, there are going to be 743 if you've done your math right. Yes. Yes. I did because it was confirmed by someone else that already did it once before. Yeah. Thanks four stringers for that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moji Aslan today uh, basically put out some information or put some information out there. Uh, 70, or sorry, sorry, 66. 66 kilograms for 80cc East Coast trials for North America has 163 grapplers That's in the division. One division <laughs> under 77 kilograms has 215 competitors. And we did the math, not really. We, we did the bracketing We did math. a bracketing online and it's Eight matches. That's eight matches to win eight over over two win. days, but still, yeah. like that's eight. I wonder how they're going to break matches. that down. How many matches you have to have the first day, and then how many are going to be run the second day? I they said it. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was like five the first day. Okay, but it may be six, maybe only semifinals and finals. Okay. I don't recall. It's on the posters. It's on the flyers. Oh, um, is it? I saw that they they moved women. So women are going both days now. Yeah. Women were only supposed to go on Sunday originally. And Correct. then they moved the women to starting on Saturday and yeah. then Sunday. Which is finals. reasonable. They only have five mats. Uh, I'm curious to see if that will change as well. I know they're bringing in a bunch of referees. I talked to Jerry yeah. Labuto this weekend. Uh, Jay Labuto is going to ref like a bunch. Basically, if you have a refing seminar, if you've taken it, if they're satisfied with, yeah. you know, who you are as a grapple. And we are taking the refer- referee seminar. Yeah, we're are taking we referee seminar. We are. I, I got si- to sign up for that. I already paid for it. I got to sign up and pay for it this evening. It. Um, it's been a busy weekend They're going to be like, who is this weird little ginger chick that's like, asking all these questions? Uh, Miranda from this Grappling Miranda. Rewind. Hey. And we want to make sure we can effectively <laughs> cover ADCC trials. So um, And effectively argue with people. We're going to bring a lot of notepads. So it should be fun. But yep. that's 
That is under 77 kilograms. That's the oh. largest division in ADCC trials history, I believe so. But 77 kilograms. It has to be. 77 kilograms historically is always the largest division for trials. Um, it's in local tournaments, it's the same way. Yeah, it's just it's that it's, bell curve of yeah. adult males. Yeah. Like that's Definitely. You know, 170 is about where people can cut to and about, you know, if you're going to go yeah, up. Yeah, like, like 55 and 70 are normally your big male yeah. divisions. It's just your general bell curve of like athletic adult males. Yeah. So uh, moving into the 88 kilogram division or under 88 kilograms, we have 155 grams. Grapplers, which is still which amazing. It's still like, a lot of people. That's 70. Wait, no. That's 67. Yeah, 70 less than 77 kilograms. Yeah. That's, Think about how big 77 like, kilograms is. Not, let's, not, let's just move on. Move on. Under 99 kilograms. <laughs> I don't only, think about all this. only 61 grapplers. This is going to be a long day. It's going to be a long, long weekend. Day. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I We're going to do podcasts every evening. Um, so probably do a pre-show on, we may do a pre-show on Friday. I don't know yet. I might have to buy like a case of energy drinks and just shove it in my room. Yeah. We're, we're it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a lot of long days. We'll do yeah. a, definitely do a recap show yeah. on, for, on s- the end of Saturday. So it'll come out like Sunday morning, probably like one or 2 AM that day. Okay. And then we'll do another one at Sunday at some point Sunday. Yeah. And then probably followed by the regular show Monday or we may actually just bump, we may move shows around, but definitely yeah. look for at least one bonus show, probably two bonus shows during ADCC trials because it's... And if anything crazy big. happens between now and then, we'll talk about it. Yeah, like we always do. Yeah. Um, and then the plus 99 kilograms only has 55. That's you have a division still, of 55 is your only... Oh, only has 55. Only has 55. Your yeah. bracket is only 55 only people. Only 55 people you have to Dude, beat. I'd be lucky to have like an entire women's like. So let's bracket. move into the women's. Under 60 kilograms, 59 women... Which is one of the largest women's divisions I've ever heard of well, it's in one, anything ever. It's 132. So yeah. you think about it. Against your bell you curve cut, women. Yeah, you can cut under one. Most, most people, um, eh, I shouldn't Let, yeah, say most, most people, most but a lot of, com- women, a lot can, of jiu-jitsu can women can get under, yeah. under that weight. You're either under that weight or you're significantly over that weight. Generally Usually, speaking, yep. in the plus sixty kilogram division, we yeah. have a division of thirty five. Because I always found like if I didn't cut to thirty five, that I was going to be thrown up to like one sixty, one seventy. Yeah, like I felt like I had to be one thirty five. Yeah, there's usually like a little. There's a couple of forty five, and then there's like usually yeah. seventy and above. Yeah, you tend to have more women. So, uh, absolutely massive divisions for ADCC trials. Oh yeah, I'm amped. I'm excited. I can't it's wait. Ninety four women. That's a lot of women. Yeah, that's that's huge. And oh. That's not even for the spot. That's just to win the slot to go for free yeah, to I know. West Coast it's, Trials to fight for it. That's a weird system. Yeah, it's a it, weird. I, I hope that moving forward in 2024, we get a two. We get we get two champions. We we get we get an additional single. women's bracket in, and and potentially expand it out again. I, yeah. we have. Again, your women's division is now as big as your men's above 99 kilogram division for under 60. That kind of speaks to. Just how many people are showing out? Oh yeah, you know, possibly you know, expand the division now to accompany more so grapplers. Six hundred and forty-nine men and ninety-four women, all trying to get a hotel room in Atlantic City. This is why you should get a hotel room in Atlantic yeah, this City. This is why you should have gotten it like a week ago. Yeah, um, we should have already had this taken care of. It should so, be an interesting crowd too. That'd be awesome. I'm. Yeah, it I'm. Be, it should be a gr- fun group of people. Outsta- I'm super excited for it. Hopefully, get some interviews done that weekend with some folks. Uh, I really want to talk to whoever wins under 77. Yeah. Because that dude will have went through hell to win that Pretty division. Much. And that that's a that's a stacked division anyway. Yeah. You're you're gonna have a lot of. We're I mean, you're gonna to have a lot out. of really good people in all the divisions, but yeah. that division has like every. You will have multiple yeah. people in this bracket. 
that could absolutely win anything else they get put in. Oh, into. yeah. Like, you're going to have the cream of the crop in North American, U.S., Canadian, Mexican grapplers in this tournament. This is the one to do it. I can't even imagine in a year what West Coast is going to look like. Yeah, so it should be interesting. It's going to be fantastic. That's what we got planned in two weeks. Um, that's just news. There's um, not really yeah, a whole lot of other news going on this week. I don't think so. Yep. Basically, everyone's, everyone's gearing, everyone is gearing up for ADCC, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah. So let's move on to the, to the recap section. Let's start it off with a Wednesday event, uh, which I actually like, really enjoyed. Did you? See, I train Wednesday night, so it yeah. completely screwed up my training because then I'm trying to listen to matches on the way home. I'm not happy about that. I do that all the time. See, I I do that all the time, but I also like to watch things because I can't really tell. Oh, you don't do both? What? Yo, you have to drive. Dude, I have to drive. I'm on like 95. I can't be on 95. Like I look over every once in a while, but I can't like pay attention to that and drive I put it in the cup holder and then do it and I'll watch the replay when I get home. Yeah. I have to drive and watch. I just put it through the car and so I can hear it and I can hear what's going on. I just, my, you know, new cars at least, it's not going to play video unless you like have somebody like rig it yeah, you, so that you can you watch shouldn't video play while video driving. while you're driving and uh, you shouldn't on. do that you shouldn't anyway. do that <laughs> um what do you want to start you want to start with the exhibition match with gordon ryan sure we can start there so we had gordon ryan first match back against philip rowe in was it seven months nine months it's been a while Something like I, that yeah more than half a year uh he comes back for an exhibition match against philip rowe philip rowe stepping up to take the match yeah uh gordon it was interesting kind of the dynamic in the beginning of the match because philip rowe and all the promo pieces was very much talking about like look i'm going out there to try to sub like they yeah treating it as a yeah. real match like i am looking to go and showcase that i can do this and i'm really good and gordon in contrast was bringing it up like yeah i'm gonna go out and like yeah i'm gonna train do jiu-jitsu. yeah and i'm gonna was, i'm gonna was, show my i'm gonna show my skills yeah it was that just was kind of a weird, weird dichotomy dy- yeah and then in the match gordon wins uh i think he has f- he has four different submissions it was a heel uh, hook when it's it was a heel, heel hook, hook a guillotine and then two triangles okay. in the exhibition bout um he let philip get his back a couple of times yeah he really started like, with his back at one point didn't yeah he? he like started or there started in mount at one time too he showed like a little bit of escaping and defense it but was a it it the flow of the match was was a little well, bizarre it kind of seemed like both guys like like philip came out really aggressively at the beginning philip also had a broken hand yeah i was props to him yeah broken like showing up still to the match with a broken hand yeah um philip came out really aggressively at the beginning and then like gordon very much shut a lot of that down. Yeah. Started, you know, but to I work think, through a submission change. I think Gordon chains. was also trying to push Philip into certain um, uh, yeah, patterns. Obviously. And sometimes when Philip wouldn't go into that pattern, there was some frustration there where yeah. he couldn't get him to actually do what he wanted him to yeah. do. Um, but was looking for other stuff that Gordon wasn't looking to, like, fight in. Yeah. And it was a yeah. little, like, you could see the dichotomy of the match was yeah. weird where it was, like, yeah. Gordon wasn't actively in the driver's seat like he was trying to have philip put up certain offense yeah. on him yeah so that he could do the things that he was looking exactly to, like, he was show, trying to show like, escapes work. and stuff like yeah. that yeah it was just a, it was kind of a Which, it was a very weird dichotomy of a match for an exhibition match we, it was. i don't really think we took a whole lot away from gordon's game no you know philip he didn't he never let philip really lock in anything deep where you had to see no. like any late stage defense from gordon or like no. and any danger from gordon no but you did see that gordon has gotten slightly larger I think and, he's gotten a bit he's gotten like bigger like this was like, he was heavy yeah for he this was, match he was heavy for this match do you, do you know what he weighed in at i you know i remember hearing something and it was like 240 maybe okay 
Um, but he didn't look like the cut. Like you've seen Gordon at two thirty five. Yeah, was that the very famous? Well, like, his diet's been jacked up. Like yeah. he's had a lot of problems medically recently. So and that's why it took so much time off yeah. to get his kind of to get his stomach fixed. And so it looks like he's changed something in his either his exercise routine, in his diet, yeah. or in like a, his I, training I heard situation. One, I, I heard one thing, and they said that he wasn't able to lift as much as that he was originally lifting. Okay, but that still wouldn't really change that. The, yeah. the cutness in my opinion yeah his but body composition normally that's a, a diet thing yeah it, i mean but it changed this is definitely like the biggest he also moved he also had a lot of other things going on so yeah we actually saw him like looked to me like he got tired in the match yeah. which was yeah. really interesting because i can't recall the last time i've seen gordon visibly get like he didn't he didn't gas he no. was very much like sort of but in he the was open seat. mouth breathing yeah and yeah. He, you saw him work towards the end it was a 15 minute match yeah you it saw him a long period towards of time. the end of the match going like he was red. He yeah. was like breathing heavy. He was you, moving you could slower. See he was like a little. Yeah, yeah. He, he had slowed his pace down yeah. a little bit, and it was, it was very interesting because it's we have not, in, what three plus years or more, ever seen that from Gordon. No, no. Like, I remember the ninety minute match with Keenan. Like he looked like very tired there, and yeah. it was like very reminiscent. But he still had the pacing, and here you saw his pacing visibly slow yeah. down. Yeah. And I'm curious to see. I, I'm just curious about that because that's something that is something new to take well, away and from it, this match. That's that's the whole theory of you don't compete for a while and then you go back into competition. Right. Like that's one of those things you have to relearn. You have to relearn competition pace, how that moves, breathing. Yeah, you know, it, I, you have to breathe differently when you compete as you know regular rolling. Yes, I'm sure people like gun at him and he gets hard ass rolls where he's from, but at the same time, you know, it's still a different pace. Yeah. Overall, it was and everybody's watching you, and yeah. you're being and and there is. I mean, it was a first match back in like nine months or seven months or or something like that. You, he still there was, there was still enough um, going on about that. People were talking enough about the match that I feel that he there was still felt the need. Yeah, yeah, he felt the need to deliver. And I don't know. Maybe four wasn't what he wanted to deliver. Maybe he wanted to do more. Maybe like I, you know, I, d- I didn't I know. really hear anything I'm, afterwards. I'm sort of left with more questions than answers about this match. But it was an exhibition match. Yeah. Gordon, you know, didn't get subbed by Philip Rowe, and it gave us a, a Wednesday card to talk about, which is yeah. always fun. Which I kind of like. Like midweek stuff is nice, especially with how busy this weekend was. Yeah, for me. Wednesday is just a rough day. So you, I, you any prefer other Thursday day. night? Yeah, I PFL do, time. Yeah, I could do Thursday night. Thursday night's better because I don't do shit on Thursday night. I sleep. That's about it. So, uh, next, what's the next match we want to talk about? Uh, we'll just go down the line. Uh, so, we have Bia versus Luisa. Montero. Yeah. Uh, and Bia takes that via unanimous decision uh, for the women's bantamweight title. She's now the first bantamweight that Flo has crowned for this Who's Number One event. Good. And she, I, they have won against each other, I think they said 20 times, at least. They said that on commentary. I didn't, yeah. I didn't look it up, but it I, wouldn't I started kind of surprise to kind of, me. I started to kind of look back, and I could at least see five or six times in, like five, in, in major tournaments. Okay. And my understanding is they had, in the gi, went against each other like a million times. They would just always be in the same divisions together. I mean, that, yeah. Um, so they, they have seen each other a lot, and Bia definitely a appreciated and respected Louisa's guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was a little slower at times. There were some penalties. I think I was slower a lot of times. Like you didn't yeah, see. She would stop and then she would kind of wait for what she wanted yeah. and then she would go when she wanted. The but when she turned it on, pace. when she turned it on, she could pass. I mean, yeah. she, and she would pass, but you could tell she was definitely taking her time well, at but it. But she never settled and, and Louisa would recover. And yeah, she would no, recover. There were no points scored. Yeah, you know, exactly. So Louisa, again, it was, well, there's no points. It's, yeah, it was it really was interesting because you could see both 
Luisa and Bia like very much knew what the other person was looking oh, yeah. for. Very much like, oh, you've competed against this person a lot, and you've game planned for this person a lot, and yeah. you, you're going into this match knowing what they're going to bring to the table. Which again, why I think sort of why it resulted in the non-scoring match. And, yeah. know, and again, I think Bia very much was in the passing. She was throwing the better passes. Luisa never really was able to get under her effectively yeah. and like turn her over. Bia no, was not at all. Pretty much in the driver's really seat. good base. And, yeah, for yeah. the majority of the match and then takes a, 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 a close but unanimous decision yeah. and is now the female bantamweight title. I'm curious to see who they're going to throw her against next. Um, I don't know at bantamweight who is next in line for that. Yeah, because... Most of whose number one events, they've done smaller women, like 115. Yeah, they really focus on the straw weights. Yeah. And I'm trying to think who's even 35 that's even close to that size. I'm blanking but, offhand. Yeah, my, the weekend was, it was a long weekend. It was a long weekend. So next match, we had Fionn Davies defeating Ali Habero via unanimous decision uh, to win the women's flyweight title match. I think yeah. this, I mean, I think we've seen Bia and uh, Fionn go against each other before. Always down for that match. Yeah. Uh, this was way more on the feet than I was anticipating. Yeah, I think Fion- everybody was ex- expecting it to be on the gr- or on the ground a lot yeah, more. People talked about like seeing more of Fion's passing because recently, in the last couple of matches we've seen from Fion, her yeah. passing has just been tenacious and like the yeah. outside knee cut pass that she throws has been so and good. Her judo background makes her stand. I mean, she aggress- she's aggressive when she yeah. stands. I did. She- I loved this because you saw a little bit of the judo on display here but you yeah. also saw like towards the end of the match especially she just head in the chest yeah. last double and like yeah. a couple times and we saw that again on third coast we're starting to see people lever into that more in nogi where it's like yeah occasionally you just gotta blast them over and it's the truth yeah i mean you gotta and wrestling doesn't have to be perfect you can't always get your wrestling perfect no, you jiu- can just be jiu-jitsu wrestling. freaking grab them yeah jiu-jitsu wrestling you don't even have to shoot if you don't really want to yeah I mean, I, I would disagree with that fact, but that's just how I am. I prefer. But anyway, um, it was a it was a good match. Uh, and Fionn took her back at one point yeah. towards the end, or at least attempted to take her back. and Started back. And it was a beautiful sequence that I, I loved. And it was Natalie trying to take Fionn's back off of a pass. And Fionn... Actually, sorry, Fionn trying to almost like double underpass. Yeah. And you saw... Almost like an over-under because she held the one leg as she tried to pass the other one over. Yeah, but the both, both legs were yeah. still up. Yeah, and you true. saw Natalie go roll to turtle and then yeah. try to roll through. Yeah. And Fionn did a really great job not entering into like what would almost like be a single leg extra on yeah. outside 50-50. She, she kept her staple the leg. She kept the inside instep of her foot yeah. on the back of um, Natalie's... Uh, knee yeah as she as they both rolled over and she tracked and they both tracked together to prevent the leg from going through and letting natalie establish like an outside single leg action. yeah it was just a beautiful like little hook that you saw thrown in while she was transitioning while she was rolling over the hips yeah. it was just like wow that was really that was a very high level response to that to avoid being entangled into like very locks. technical move yeah. that was one of the coolest and i'm sure i'm sure that that's something that she does regularly or she's been told to do regularly yeah or she's picked up that that's how it works i mean it's just if you don't want to yeah. fight the leg locks like that it's just keeping your feet and your knees and your ankles stapled behind the person's legs especially yeah. as they invert is a really good way especially like the lower um 
instep of the foot. Yeah. Instep, what's the um, ankle bone of the foot? Yeah. On the outside, keeping that underneath them, you can't pull the foot through if your instep is pushing into the opponent. And That's you true. saw Fion track that a couple of times through the match, and it was just really great to see because we saw, sorry, Natalie was maybe looking to go there to yeah. sweep and was just and really I mean, she was, and Fion was definitely aggressively passing. So it wasn't, oh, yeah. and I mean, it was an aggressive pass where I find the little things like that, like foot positioning is is really important though the pass isn't the most technical pass that you could ever have you're right. just kind of thrown by but the little technical addition of the the foot placement basically just prevents you it from getting turned her. over yeah, yeah yeah so it helped her control the body fun match fion takes that again i think very very deserved to be the for that would be a title match um again very excited to see who uh, Flown, who's number one, put her up against that yeah. 125. Again, both 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 these divisions are very very fun. I'd like to see flyweight's the, 25. Yeah, yeah, in, oh. in MMA, but oh, okay. and they're using the same. Oh, okay. They use MMA. My brain, classes. for whatever reason, thought it was like 115 or something. Strawweight is 115. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I don't know these names. I, yeah, I've, I've, they've burned in my memory over the. I know Bantam only because that's where I normally. Bantam's 135. Flyweight's 125. Strawweight's 115. Atom weight's 105. Anything oh. below atom weight for junior boxing is pin weight. They don't usually use that outside okay. of amateur boxing, but yeah. I always call anything below atom weight pin weight. Um, okay. And then, you know, you have your standard weight yeah. classes up, and then anything above 265 is super heavyweight. Yeah. And that's, you know, and for women in the gi, uh, it's different, but for MMA, which is what a lot of jiu-jitsu organizations are yeah. using recently, that they should And IBJJF does MMA. its own bullshit. They do their own bullshit. <laughs> Definitely, it's the, it's the only it. way to explain it's like, it. Well, you're 1.2 in the gi. It's like 68 kilograms. You're like, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, of course, I, you know. So read them. There's big charts. You can find them. Yeah, uh, next match, we had a match that I was super excited about. Uh, we had Levi Jones Leary defeating Oliver Taz of a unanimous decision. We had a lot of questions about Oliver Taz coming into this match. Mainly, like, how is he going to look without the gi? Because I think they talked about the last you time mean, that he had you done mean no gi. Le- Levy. Without the gi, Taza. You just said Taza. Jesus. You meant you meant Levi Jones Leary. Yeah. <laughs> How is Levi? Yeah, Taza. Well, and he hasn't he hasn't done a lot of competition outside of the gi. And since like purple belt. Yeah. They were talking. Yeah. They were talking they on the since, broadcast. They said since purple. since purple belt. And I went like. And I went. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It has been a long time I since. I deep he's dove done. because I had an evening where I my brain needed to relax and I relaxed my brain by watching ridiculous amounts of jujitsu. Yeah. Like and we all so, we hold it. So I went back to like Levy Jones Leary's all of his matches. Levi Jones Leary. Levy. Levi. <laughs> Levi. It's, I went. It's re- just read the name. I know. I know. I can't. I can't read. Um, and I say that being, you know, having a college degree. Uh, Levi. Le- I can't Levi. say it correct at this Levi. point. Like Levi's. He had some. He had some interesting hair. Some nice sunglasses coming out. Do what to say. He had, anyway. a, he had a look about him. He had a look about um, him. He starts the match off like super aggressively. With he does. He pulls, which is what we knew he was oh, going to yeah. do. And then Taza tries him. to step back. And when he steps back, he goes for the bear mole. Which is, again, you, you've seen Levi Jones Leary compete in the gi. Uh, he played his gi game in no yeah, gi. Taza goes to step back for that leg, for that knee bar that Taza was really yeah. good at, or for the inside leg position. Yeah. Levi Jones Leary goes underneath him, yeah. bear and bolo, and then Taza does a good job of trying to get the hips and the shoulders out. Yeah, but he does Levi Jones back. Leary is one of the best bear and boloers in the sport. Oh, yeah. So, I watched so many times, so many matches. With, he did Nogi Worlds too. Mm-hmm. I watched his Nogi World matches. Um, I, I, for whatever reason, like he, certain people don't click until I see them at a on a bigger event, and I'm like, oh, I've seen that guy a million times. I know who that is, you know. But um, his 
his Baron Bowley game's amazing. I was really impressed because uh, Oliver Todd has done a really good job of like he had gotten almost perpendicular to the legs and to the yeah. one leg hook that Levi had kept in. And even after Todd was able to get his shoulders fully to the mat, all he the way just, out. He has some hip and knee flexibility, man. He just circles that leg back around and comes it around. It was just beautiful to watch because like I was like, okay, Taza, like everyone else, if it wasn't Levi Jones, Larry would have escaped this Baron Bowl attempt. Like they'd be down, yeah. they would turn through, they would either go back to a leg or they would come up to a top position here and yeah. start to be like in a, in, a, in a position to start knee cutting. Yeah. But Levi Jones, Larry was just still in the back and yeah. be able to turn him through and then get to Oliver Taza's back, get a body triangle. Didn't wasn't really able to do a ton with the back position that he no. got there, but it very much set the tone at the beginning of the match where it's like, oh, if Taza well, then goes Taza hard did, yeah, then for leg locks, yeah, that's exactly. there. And then Taza's passing kind of slowed down. Yeah. He wasn't aggressively passing the same way. He didn't try to step over again. No. Um because that Baron Bolo is just, and, and he's Levi Jones Leary is probably like the one of the best in the world, yeah. obviously, at the Baron Bolo. And so Taza went, okay, if that not, didn't just, work. Just sweeping you to your ass. Yeah. I mean, how many times did he do that to people? Yeah. Um, again, most of the rest of this match is Levi Jones Leary in the guard, um, really playing a really, really in tight guard. He has his hands inside his own legs for a yeah. lot of it. Taza's trying to turn him, trying to like do a throw by, trying to, but. Levi Jones Leary's guard is so good. He plays so well from there that Taza's really never able to get a ton of offense. And Levi Jones Leary is just consistently in it, threatening. Yeah. Um, and so Taza can never really commit super hard to the pass because Levi is immediately dangerous yeah. from the guard. He's immediately going to try to grab something mm -hmm. on you. And so that was that was very much match. Any other so kind of be, pieces you have on there? No, but it'll be interesting as um, Levi, as he competes more to see if his if his game changes the nogi or if he continues down that line. Yeah. Because, I mean, he conti he could continue with the game he has now, but if he wants to go for... ADCC. Know, or more submissions in general, like, he's going to have to change something. You're going to have to see more... Potentially, you're going to have to see more wrestling out of him. Yeah. Uh, he's doing trials, isn't he? I think he's, he's he one of the guys... He said he's doing... That, yeah, yeah, he said he, he was doing trials. He was doing trials, so I'm very curious to see. He, he's not going to do U.S. trials, right? I don't know. He said all he said was trials. I assume he's going to do Australian trials because he is an Australian. Oh, he is Australian. He's an Australian. See, gentleman. that's the other thing that always I forgot about that. So I assume so, he'll do yeah. Australian trials. Yeah. Um, Which is 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 Australia get its own trials or is it part of it's Asia? Asia and Oceanic trials. Uh, okay, is so what it is. so he'll do the Asian trials. Yeah, Asian trials, okay. Oceanic trials. I mean, ever since Craig Johns, it's been the Australian trials, but it's yeah, the Asian but, and Oceanic trials, which yeah. includes Australia, New Zealand, all of the Asian countries out yeah. there. All of those are in those trials. Um, very fun. I was I was like the venues that they have for Asian trials. Curious to see if we're going to see more wrestling on display or if he's going to open up more. We're going to see him on subsequent events prior to that. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting. We'll see. But it'll we'll be see very if he starts showing up. Levi Jones Larry takes a very, very sound unanimous decision oh, yeah, over definitely. Oliver Taza here. That initial sequence was sort of the biggest thing that happened in the match. Yeah, it was. And I'm extremely impressed with Levi Jones Leary's Nogi Barambola. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's wild to see someone be able to recover it from that far out. Yeah, because I doing a Barambola without grips. I mean, because that's basically what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you're gripping legs, but you don't and have the like the same. a little bit, but. Yeah, but you're not gripping the same way. Yeah, to have that level of control with just the dexterity of your legs was truly something special to watch. Definitely. Next match, the match of, of <laughs> all of the controversy online this week. Uh, Mikey Musumeci defeating Richard Alarcon via leg lock uh, in 57 seconds. Yes. Um, the Mikey lock. The Mikey lock. <laughs> and then as everyone online went. 
And this has been around the, for a while, it, Mikey. Because Mikey, when I invented a new leg lock, and yeah, then the he was like, he was like, this is a new thing that I just created. And then the entirety of the internet what? No. brought up every single and they piece just posted of footage. like there were some there were some Instagram pages that all day Thursday it was just, just it was instructionals and it was like these old. Um, so there's four there's four like major ones yeah. that came up. Um all every time Junior Casio's hit this, yeah. every time that Boss Rutten has hit yeah. this, because Boss Rutten has an instructor on it has and an has, has an actual yeah. uh video win in pen race. And with the, it. the 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 um, Riley Bobbycom has yeah. a like no and no kutra. I have that DVD. Do you? Yeah, it's a great it's a great Sambo DVD. Yeah. And I actually have it on um a video of it. Yeah. And it's just like he, it's in that. It's a Sambo. Like, Riley's sure. a great you know, it's a it's Sambo. Yeah. move there uh and there's one other but it was like all of these videos yeah just and they just kept posted on going and like i think kyle chambers has one and there's a bunch of like minor well and, and then they them. were finding like all the every time it had ever happened yeah. like in general and they were just posting it left and right and it was just it was very funny the and they're the, like the, oh the, the mikey the, lock the entire internet was like wow bastard from mikey that's crazy yeah. and it, it was very fun is. so again not to bag on mikey it's it's very exciting to see him exploring nogi exploring leg oh, yeah, and definitely. like coming up with new stuff organically like cool and this he was and this was his first and this was his first match uh since he switched to pedigo Oh yeah, he switched to Pedigo, and yeah. it's also it's his which um, it's it's going to be Boots Garage, but it's G- Boots Garage Pedigo fight fight now. So he's not going to Illinois. No, he's not going to Illinois. Right. He's we, just, we all assume doing. He's becoming an affiliate, basically. Okay, good for him. Which is fine. I mean, it's an interesting group of people for him to follow. It they're a little their game is a little bit different than his. So very be, much. So. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be interesting to see if anything changes. Well, the actual lug lock, if you didn't see it or don't know, oh, is, shit. is we completely like don't go, don't go. Over. Well, it was, <laughs> that, was, that was more interesting because it's, yeah. it's a lug lock we've seen. It's a, it's a, it is an uncommon lug lock, something we don't see very often. But what it is is essentially where you dig for the neighbor. And Mikey again is so smooth when yeah. he goes for it. He pulls, goes immediately under Richard Alarcon. He gets him pushed Reverse. away. He goes to what is essentially a knee bar. Switches the knee and to the like other re- side. It's a reverse 50-50. Yeah. Because he did that first. Mm-hmm. He pulled the foot up, and then he went to the knee bar. And then he grips with the outside of the hand. And the grip is a little different, but it's just a, yeah. so essentially just an inverted grip to pull on the knee bar. But yeah. instead of pulling on the knee bar out or like doing like a lateral knee bar, yeah. he twists the, the yeah. heel and ends up it ends up essentially like a knee bar heel hook yeah. variation. It's an it almost looks like hook. a failed. It looks like you didn't get the right... Um, Pulls on the knee Positioning bar. on your yeah. knee bar. Because it almost ends up in that lateral knee yeah. bar on the side of the neck, which you can finish, but it's very, very hard to yeah. finish. And so you're better off just like grabbing high and twisting the foot. Almost like a telephone. Yeah. Which no one ever says that anymore because I don't think anybody actually puts a telephone to their neck and, or their head and that's, talks and on like it. like turns it over. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. It's again, it's, it's a move that's been around. I remember, I, mean, I remember messing around with it when I watched yeah. the Riley thing and then going and finding the boss because I watched it boss new. years and years ago yeah. did a thing on YouTube where he commentated every single professional fight he's that an he inter- had done. He's an interesting dude. It was cool because he actually got special approval from the UFC to put all of his fights oh, in the nice. UFC on YouTube. Yeah, because they're touchy about mm-hmm. that. And they he got permission. And so you can watch every single boss rooting fight and he talks about like going into the fight, the actual yeah, fight, what, what he was doing. doing. I remember watching this submission and Boss talking about what he was doing, and it's like cool because you can find this the particular match in Pancras where Boss hits this, and him commentating. Whenever, what he's whenever doing. I think of him, I think of like uh, German house music, and I don't know why. Techno Viking. Yeah. Yeah, boss <laughs> That's is, immediately where I go boss to. Is an, if you're not sure, uh, who's sure who we're talking about, we're talking about Boss Rutten, <laughs> a very old school MMA fighter, uh, Pancras fighter, he's been uh, a couple Shuto movies, fighter. Too. Been a couple movies. He's been. 
He did inside MMA for yeah. years. He's a commentator, former uh, heavyweight champion of the UFC, former Shuto champion, uh, not Shuto champion, Pancrase champion. Yeah. Uh, did, I'm not sure if Boss fought in Pride. Boss commentated Pride. Old school, grabbing around for a long time. Has some really it. cool techniques. Um, and is a got some really old great school, old yeah. school instructionals. Um, old school Dutch kickboxer. Fought yeah. bare knuckle. Fought with gloves. Fought with MMA gloves. Done it all from the old school era. Yeah. Um, but very fun match. Again, cool to see Mikey going out there and, you know, innovating for himself and yeah. coming up with new stuff that he has not seen before and, you know, hitting it in competition. So, and he talked about workshop in the post fight, he talked about workshopping this move yeah. and, you know, getting better at it and like basically how it was very difficult to counter and how he'd done it. So I hope that Mikey continues to, you know. And also it seemed like he got COVID after the last time Did he? he competed. Yeah. Oh, he, really? He talked know. about, he talked about the fact he only had two weeks to prepare for this. Oh, yeah. He, was talking he about got that. COVID after the last match Ugh. he had. So that makes me wonder if the whole card got covered. <laughs> Might have. You never know. So, but it's cool kinda to see like Mikey. Kind of like the pink eye thing. It is kind of like the pink eye thing. <laughs> kind of cool to see. Uh, it is cool to see Mikey coming out yeah. and get a quick leg lock win. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see you know how Mikey continues to innovate his own game and you know see what he brings to either trials if he does trials or to additional nogi yeah. events because he seems to kind of be leaning Probably very heavily West Coast into nogi. Trials, I, would think. I don't know if I mean he got an invite in 2019. I'm just curious to see with the loss to Gabriel Souza and like he's been showing that he's you know one of the best in the yeah. world in nogi now. I'm just very curious to see if he'll get an invite or if he'll actually decide to do trials. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen the list for under 66 kilograms for East Coast yeah. trials. Neither would, nothing would surprise me. Yeah. You know, with Mikey, Not nothing would surprise me. So, you know, very fun, uh, very fun match. Uh, on the preliminary card, there's only, I want to talk about one of the matches, or two matches here. Um, Jacob Kautz defeats Hunter Colvin via violin arm lock from the triangle. This violin is, arm lock? I've yeah. never heard it called that before. Yeah, because it looks like you're playing a violin. Yeah. yeah that's what yeah. I learned it as, like years and I learned it as a straight it, arm lock. I think a telephone. Telephone arm like lock. Is lock way. Telephone arm lock. So was I, I was doing this when I was a white belt. I didn't know what it was. I just figured it out. You keep your arm there and you can do it. Yeah. And then I was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's this. And then eventually. Um, and it sucks. I, well, eventually, I think what might have been uh, Boogie Martinez or like someone. I was looking on a BJ Heroes page yeah. and they had it listed as violin. Arm. I was like, oh, that's a way better thing to call that. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever I was calling it before. And so it's the violin arm lock. But yeah. this, the way Couch set this up again, Couch comes out aggressive. Hunter Coven is a legit black belt MMA fighter. He, he does stand for a little bit before he sits to guard. Yeah. He, Which, well, he jumps. He jumps the guard yeah. the second time yeah. they exchange here. And then. He immediately throws up the triangle yeah. to Hunter. And then Hunter does a good job of burying the arm low. Yeah. And instead of fighting and trying to go for the triangle here, Couch kind of locks up the triangle a little better. And yeah. then instead of trying to fight the arm across the body yeah. of Hunter, because Hunter's so strong, Hunter's not going to let that happen. And he'll potentially going to lift and pull out if yeah, Couch does that, that. He dives that arm back. He lifts, yeah. uh, Couch scoops under the hand on the wrist and then brings Ka uh, Col Colvin's wrist to couch's neck yeah. and then he can start firing the violent arm lock off of that couch can or sorry hunter can either kind of dive over yeah or he can try to push through but because he's in the triangle on the side that the um, arm is being hit on yeah he can't push that shoulder any far forward so your arm yeah, is essentially good. stuck in that position because you're either stuck in one way or the other yeah you're it's either such get, a great yeah. combination we see gary and gordon use this combination a ton it sucks it sucks. It's but a it's, horrible thing. I also think that this this particular arm lock is one of the strongest nogi arm locks because it Especially if you hold on. Like if yeah. if the person that's getting arm locked holds on to your head, you got yeah. it. 
like because they're gonna try it, to pull you in. It's yeah, just not gonna work because you're stronger with your yeah, torso there. Exactly. Just beautiful sequence overall. It's awesome. I've had to it see. done to me a million times. Yeah, it's a really great. It's a really great. It teaches you submission. not to leave your arms out. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> again, that the whole setup the couch uses here is very systematic. And it's very cool to just see him walk down this position and then scoop and then Hunter's doing all the right things. Yeah. And Couch still able to throw up the submission offense and again get another submission. Couch has just been on a roll recently. Hunter's a legit, you know, Jacob's gonna do Jacob said he's doing Charles too. I would hope. Yeah. What do you think he's doing at? Eighty eight? I don't think he's not making he's not making seventy seven. No, he's not making seventy seven. So I'm excited so, for it. Yeah. Again, he's going to come out, I assume, super aggressive like he has in all the matches. Gets another big win here yeah. uh, versus Hunter Colvin, who's been on Sug. Been on, we've covered Hunter for years and years. Um, it's cool. Uh, next match I want to talk about is Damian Anderson defeating, defeating Estevan Martinez. Uh, Estevan finally getting on who's number one after putting on some great did, performances. Did Estevan and Damian go against each other at Emerald City? They were in the same bracket, but I don't think they ever went against each other. No, Damien went against Gianni. Oh, okay. And we'll talk about that on and, EUG. Oh, okay. That was the rematch. I don't... Okay. Uh, they were in the same bracket, mm, but I don't think they went against each other. You might be correct. I don't, remem- I don't remember. Because I thought they did. And you then may be correct. And then when though. I thought about it, I was like, no, you hadn't seen this. This didn't happen. I don't remember. I know that... Because Estevan blew through his first, like, two people. And then yeah. he... Yeah. I was I was trying to... I, I like Esteban. I watched he run into? And now, now it's gonna on the first on the second Emerald City. Yeah, it's gonna kill me now. I forget who he ran into. Um, Souza. I don't. I don't remember. I think it it might have been Gabriel Souza. Maybe. Maybe. This match, um, Estevans comes out really aggressive versus Anderson, but Anderson just continually sort of Anderson's a very good wrestler in his own right, and he has a pretty decent weight and height advantage on Esteban Martinez. Which Estevan is a guy that's he's very used to dealing with that. Again, he's a rooster weight that will routinely enter opens and do well and place in like IBJJF opens. Amazing wrestling. His yeah. wrestling is great. Like I've watched all of his. I started. His penetration steps are so yeah. good. And he gets oh, his yeah. head into you and he's, he's so much shorter than you. He's so hard to sprawl on for most guys because they're unable and, to get on top of him. And to as sprawl. soon as you, no matter how you try to get out of it, he reacts yeah. to get you to try to get Very you. Very good. And we saw that so on, on display here. He would enter into Damien, but Damien would sprawl super heavy and he would also. Damien was also willing to engage in the scramble with him, and Damien just has a fantastic scramble that he was really able to showcase here with Martinez. But whenever Damien would get the opportunity to get his hips on top of Martinez and start pressuring into him um, or, or forced to a leg lock, Damien was super comfortable there, and he was able to lean a lot of his weight throughout the match into Martinez. So whenever Esteban would shoot in and try to like get aggressive and peek out to the side or like draw a leg in, Anderson would push his weight into him, get away, get his hips back underneath him, and then start fighting either for the legs or for the passing position. Um, at, one, at a couple points in the match, Damien takes Estevan's back, um, is very much in control in the back. Estevan almost takes Anderson's back at one point, um, but Anderson's able to flatten his shoulders out and yeah, get away. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't really have um, a lot of control when he takes his yeah. back. I was excited. I was like, yes, he's going to get a, it. It was an awesome it, match. I it mean, was a great match. It was super back and forth, but just Anderson, especially towards the end of the match, seemed like he had a little more gas, and I think Estevan's pace notably yeah. slowed down, which is something we don't 
typically see from Estevan. Yeah. Like, usually he just has the gas just... I mean, we saw his finals match But he's Worlds. also not going against somebody who's significantly larger than him and yeah. stuffing him so much. Yeah. Because he got stuck. Like, well, that Anderson's was standing so for a long fast. time. Like, and it was a stuff and then a move and a stuff and yeah. a move. It wasn't... There was no real breathing time. Yeah. Where a lot of guys that are Estevan's fighting that are much larger will... Give him a break. It'll yeah. sprawl like in like yeah. you said versus Anderson. Or they'll just. I mean, when he goes, in, I've watched him in absolute, and I mean, he'll lose. I mean, yeah. and, and he loses by someone you know imposing their weight upon him. Right. But it's a it's a very quick imposition of that weight, yeah. and then controlling, and then from the control, the loss. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Where this it. He kept on getting up and getting up and getting yeah. up and kept on going. Because Anderson's a guy, and one of the things I appreciate one of the things I appreciate about Anderson's game is that he's willing to run with you in these positions. Yeah. And he's willing to transition I and think switch. He's, he's actually a really good addition to B team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just yeah. announced he's coming yeah. over. He's not going to be with New Wave with Gordon and Gary yeah. and John. He's going to go over to B team, which was a big shift. Not a big shift. It was just an unexpected announcement this week that yeah. he was going to be making the shift over to B team. Um, Everyone can speculate on the reasons why, but yeah. that was just, you know, it was just interesting to see. I, I was, I'm still kind of impressed that Taza and, and Krellestine stayed with New Wave. Oh, they are I've, with New Wave. Yeah, I think they're with New Wave. I thought they, I, uh, you know, Ethan's with B-Team. Is he with B-Team? Yeah, Ethan came with B-Team. Okay. Because it's, then I'm completely it's, screwing it's up Nikki, that. It's Nikki Ryan. Yeah. Gore, um. I thought Taza, I thought Taza was. Taza's the one that didn't go. Oh, Taza didn't go. Yeah, Taza no, didn't my, go. So I thought Taza and Krellestine would stay together. I did too because they've, they've been just boys because forever. they're boys and they and they've been training together from yeah, Montreal and the yeah, Star Gym. Yeah. Like they're from those days. Um, yeah, not sure, but, but hey. overall, go back watch this match. It was very very fun. The transitions were absolutely great. It has a great combination of wrestling and switches and like yeah. changes in leg lock. Position. I love to watch Esteban Martinez yeah. compete and anytime he competes. Both guys were putting on the line. Uh, other and match on the card. We both had guys wind up. Going into other matches this weekend too. Yeah. So well, it was this was a Wednesday card, yeah. so we had Estevan filling in for one eighty pound. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, Mike Perez ooh. in Third Coast Grappling is underdogs, and then we had uh, Damian Anderson going into the EUG bracket yeah. for the one fifty fivers. Yeah. Uh, we also had Bree St. Marie on this card defeating Bree Roberts and via triangle choke. Yes. Uh, on the Who's Number One event, so that does it for Who's Number One. Any sort of other closing thoughts you got? Nope. Um, Who's number one is a good card. I like when it they, is. I like when I, they put events out. I don't want to see ads during, like the matches. Yeah, that's annoying. That's the only thing I don't want to see. Um, that's it. Yeah, it was a fun card. I do like. I like midweek cards. I it just it allows Wednesday's me. Wednesday is just not a good day for me, but that's me. I like the wins. I like the wins. I'm happy with the Thursday. I like Friday too. Like I just I there's see, too I like, many cards on I the like weekend. Friday because I like to train early on Friday and yeah. then I like to sit around and, and I teach late. I teach I start my class starts at, at 7:45 on Fridays. Oh wow, that's a late class. Yeah. It's a late class. I don't know then, if I can do that. It is what it is. And then I teach and we usually bullshit at the gym until like 9.30. So yeah. like I'm getting, I'm well, getting that's, home that's at like 9.45. That's how good gyms now. are. Everybody sits around yeah, and bullshits we have, a, we have a great gym. And so it's yeah. like we hang out. We do, we do a fun Friday class. And then we roll a bunch of rounds. And then we just kind of sit and yeah. like kind of hang out for the last like hour or hour and a half. Uh, so Friday cards are always a little rough for me. On to the EUG. We're just going to cover the 155-pound tournament for this uh, because we are already a little bit deep into this and we have uh, into a this lot episode, of matches and to we go. have all of Third Coast Grappling to cover and then previews to do. So we're just going to run through uh, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals match for the 155-pound tournament for yeah. EUG, 10 grand on the line. Uh, we had the rematch between Gianni Grippo defeating Damian Anderson 6-3. to three. Um, 
Anderson definitely had his moments in this match, but Gianni is just able to sweep a couple of times and pass once, and that's why he's able to get his points. Yeah. I had it as four to three, but maybe I'm completely off. I think at the at the end, Gianni scored. Yeah, he yeah. scored two more, um, and it was tied for a second. And yeah. I was very curious. And then Gianni, you know, just implemented a sort of a veteran game plan, slowed Anderson down, showcased his passing, put Anderson on the back foot and on the defensive, yeah. and seemed to have picked up and learned a lot from their first match together. Was that two months ago? Yeah, something about like two that. Months ago. At Emerald City Invitational, yeah. and like you kind of knew what Damien was going to bring him, and very was much more comfortable playing off what Anderson. Yeah, was it, give him. I think Anderson gave him a lot more of a problem at Emer- at Emerald City. Yeah, and this time it was he at least knew what he was getting himself mm-hmm. into. You're dealing with a dangerous leg locker that's willing to kind of roll through with you. So yeah. he, you saw Jenny put a lot more pressure into Anderson here, and like yeah. and stifle a lot of the dynamism that we saw True. earlier and at least in his Esther Martinez match and in the match at Emerald City. And so again, I think it was just veteran game playing from Johnny able to take a very dominant points victory over Anderson. Again, Anderson very much in it. I was super impressed with Anderson in this match because he gets the sweep. He really does force Gianni to have to open up a little bit uh, to start getting the move yeah. in order to score his points. Yeah. But he just was unable to sort of lock Ripple back down or like control him enough in order to get his game going. Yeah. True. But very fun again. Expect I expect more big things from Anderson even off this loss. Oh, yeah. And it's cool to see him being featured more and more and more because he has a style of game that I very much appreciate. It's awesome to be able to cover him twice in a weekend. Next match we had Liam Hill uh, defeating Kieran. I, I couldn't pronounce his last name. Kickchuck. Kickchuck. Uh, via decision, it was two to two. This match was weird because I realized that it's no longer last to score. Yeah. And EUG previously had a rule I really really liked, which was. The last person to score in an even match wins. Yeah, I don't. Which, which happens at the end. Which happens yeah. in the finals match here. But this was the first match where I realized, like, oh, they went to decision. Yeah. And I thought it was just misspoken this on the was, event. This was also an event where they waited until three minutes were done, and then um, Keychuck pulled. Yeah. Which they, they had the ADCC to, pulling. Yeah, the they weren't there. allowed to pull in the first three minutes. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of. I appreciate it because it, it pushes it. It changes the pace. Yeah. You don't get somebody who pulls immediately and stalls and in the guard. Stalls in that or or just plays that guard and doesn't. Um, you get a little bit more of an explosive match. Yeah. I think people. I mean, you force people in their definitely feet for a with little bit. Uh, with Gabriel Souza and Pato. Oh, that like, was a freaking crazy. Guys were very match. willing to wrestle. That and was I, wild. And I, I like that because sometimes for these smaller, really, really high level technical guys, yeah. you know, that are anything below fifty five, we're gonna see a lot more of the stalemate guard work that beginning forced people to open up and it forced them to sort of get their feet under them wrestling yeah. and then get to the mat. They had, they had a little less gas in the tank. They were more willing to take some risks yeah. because, you know, the matches were shorter and overall, I think it was a really interesting rule change. Again, I would love to see the last to score rule come back because I think that you think that pushes the pace at the end. of Well, the match. it does because the person, if you're tied, you you don't you're not waiting for a decision yeah. like you know who's going to win yeah. and so it it puts the action on one grappler to go yeah and the other grappler is then forced to respond on that because yeah. they know that like cool I'm winning oh, this guy's really going to yeah. go here because he has nothing to lose because he is losing rather than just naturally rather do than that. kind of waiting for a decision or doing. like you know looking again it doesn't really happen in this match yeah. but it's a rule that I would like to see come back next match we had uh, Diego Oliveira defeating. Um, Villatore? Yeah, Villatore. Let's go with Villatore. that. Villatore. 
nine to zero. Uh, this is where I was like, ooh, I like Diego Oliveira Pato. Uh, we'll probably call him Pato most yeah. of his match. Yeah. Uh, I like Pato and I like his wrestling. Yeah, they he said came out they aggressive. also said they also said that he started working on body lock passing. Yeah, you which saw he that. Put on, which he put on display. He gets past the in guard both this match and the finals match. And the semifinals match. Yeah. As well. uh, oh, the, yeah. Less, less than the semifinals, than the semifinals match, semifinals match mostly, Sosa. yeah. But, yeah. Dude, Pato, again, showed up for this. Oh, and I yeah. was so super happy. He just put on a pace uh, for Viltore that he just couldn't match. Uh, consistently, he took him down. Yeah. Passed the guard, I think, twice. And he took his, almost and got took him out. Yeah, took his back. Yeah. Just all over him. No, he's not able to get the submission, but is in the but driver's control, seat. Control, yeah, control, bell control. Bell to bell yeah. in the driver's seat. Takes a very clear 9-0 to uh, points victory. Yeah. And um, I, I I was very pleased. I was like, oh, Pato's going to open up and yeah. he's going to give guys yeah. problems in this event. And, it's, and again, you could see him turn. He would turn it on. When he would turn on, no one could really he do had that anything. Yeah, that next yeah. year. And that's in this match, I noticed, I was like, oh, yeah, he just decided to pass yeah. and just like muscled the pass through, yeah. you know, and very, very technical in how he did it. But he just sort of, you see him just like kind of decide, I'm going to do this, like, take down. Like, yeah. I'm just going to take you down yeah. and then take down. You're like, oh, like you, you just can choose to do that. Yeah, you can choose to turn on, turn and that, off. And that's cool. Which um, is, you know, strategically, he did it well. Yeah. He, he did he, it when he needed to do it. And he didn't turn it on and, and get himself in a hairy position. No. Very, very controlled. He would keep his he would keep his head nice and low so that um, Vittori was never able to really get a hook on him, never able to get like, a good guard established. He, again, very much in the driver's yeah. seat the whole match. Next match, we had Gabriel de Souza, Gabriel Souza defeating um, Daniel Daniel Moreno via t- five via points five to two. Um, again, very similar to the Pato Oliveira match. Yeah, like takes him down, controls a pass there. Yeah, um, and in the driver's seat, gets gets he. Gets turned over once yeah. for a sweep, He's but gets swept. But it's nothing to really it 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 doesn't control the match. It yeah. doesn't change how Gabriel how Gabriel Souza Gabriel 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 Souza. Dude, they they've said his name like five different times. Gabriel Souza. Gabriel not, G- okay. Gabriel is the female version. Gabriel okay. is the male version. I say everything wrong, so it doesn't really matter at this point. I just say anything I want. Anyway, well, not really, but um, yeah. So Souza definitely controlled that match. Mm-hmm. Um, On to the semifinals. The semifinals. Yep. We had Gianni Grippo defeating defeating Liam Hill thirteen to two. The only sweep that Liam's able to get, he, he Gianni kind of opens up and just sort of accepts the position towards the end of the match. Yeah, he, he doesn't does. really fight. He doesn't really want to engage in a leg lock battle at yeah. the end of the match. So he just kind of takes the sweep. To kind of get himself out of that, forces Liam on top. showed his, his 50-50 sweeps. Yeah. He loves getting 50-50 and, and putting something on the butt and sitting and up. he's good. And he does it well. Yeah. He does it. He executes it very well. And he, he does it strategically. He does mm-hmm. it at very specific times and matches where he needs that change. And then his passing is, is I mean, his, his guard and his guard positioning is better than I would say his passing is. Yeah, in which my, is historically, historically been a guard, um, a guard player, but it was really cool in this match to see him like, op- like opening up his passing yeah, a bit where like, he felt passing. in control. Yeah. Um, there's a couple times in the match where you see him get a foot caught and then he would just like kick through and get the foot and used, used really, really good control of um, Hill's hips here yeah. where he would, he would prevent the regard and then Hill would, you know, scoot out super far and big and be able to get the foot back in and Grippo would again throw that knee cut and push through. And Grippo tried the 
the same progression they did for Nogi Worlds that I've been watching him do over and over again, which is the 50-50 sweep and then try the head and arm choke yep. and just blast through their guard with a head and arm choke, mm-hmm. which he attempted it. He I mean, he finished, it, that's why he finished his match at Nogi Worlds in the final. I think he had, he he had a couple of them. He finished everyone with that. Yeah. Almost everyone. I think there was like one match he did. One match he didn't, but, but everyone else But that was yeah. what he basically, that was his game plan but it's good and you can oh, see great you can see plan. the way that he's passing here he's like he's favoring keeping that arm up yeah and you're, you're kind of stuck in this position where he's flattened you out but you and need you're to fight twi- him and you're hips. twisted you yeah. can't you can't do anything about it and as soon as you post you're gone mm-hmm. so yeah it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if he if he does that again in his matches I, is, I assume that that's sort of his mo now and like what yeah. he's doing because against working so effectively and well like I wouldn't assume that he would change up that style. You know, he was already he's already sort of had a stylistic change from a ye- from two years ago yeah. into sort of this style of passing oh, yeah. and operation. Well, so also I would Nogi, assume, he yeah, he's, he's really leaning into yeah. Nogi now. And I I again, I every time we cover Johnny Grippo, I'm more happy. I'm oh, yeah. more happy to see him like progressing and like refining his game. They were also um I, in an interview who was talking about uh, there's a wrestler in New Jersey. I thought I wrote down the name of who it was, but I didn't. Um, that he's been doing a lot of wrestling work with, uh, which yep. you could see on his feet. No, I knew who, he was you, doing. who you talked about. Yeah, I, I didn't. It was an older. Either. It was an older view. Like I, I, I hear that. Like I watch matches and I hear names and I'm like, oh, I need to know who this is, and I start googling and looking. Um, very well known like, wrestler and like not a NCAA like very, you know very, very like Division One wrestler. wrestler that has like a, a garage with some mats and like he goes there and like trains a lot with of those them. wrestlers do. Yeah, I mean, why not? I have mats in my house. If I had I a bigger house, house, I would have a mat room. This this previously was the mat room. Should we should bring should we bring mats to to trials? I mean, I don't want to care. I don't want to carry ten by ten mats. It also won't fit in my car. I had to get my SUV. I had to get a we truck to bring them from the old house to this house, oh, okay. and that was not fun. I have an SUV, so we can always take mats if we need them. N- moving off that, <laughs> next match we had uh, probably my favorite match of the tournament. We had Diego Oliveira defeating Gabriel Souza via decision. Um, both guys showing that it was like, a wild match. Like it was again, very similar right. to Damian Anderson yeah. and Esteban Martinez. Just like both guys going, both guys high level. Um, what just. I don't really want to recap this match too much. Watch this match. Yeah. Oh, Watch yeah. the hip position for the throws and the counters on the body the counters, lock and the overhook Pato's, throws. Pato's counters were amazing because he would counter into his own takedown that would then normally go out of bounds, but then yeah. they would circle back they in. They really played heavy it, on the outside, yeah. but again, that's... They were both looking for the edge of the mat to really start to commit because the other yeah. person, when you're close to the edge, is forced to push into you yeah. or potentially get thrown yeah. out, and that's sort of dangerous. And so naturally, guys will push back into you yeah. and give you hip position or arm position or yeah. shoulder position. It's an amazing match. But I, I love I love this match because in the match you got okay, uh, Gabriel Sosa is going to go low on the hips. Okay, Pato is going to counter with the overhook and the throw. Okay, yeah. Gabriel Sosa is going to go back and go for like the lateral behind him. Okay, yeah. Pato is going to sort of get taken down there and then roll through and hit him and over he's, again. He's one of those people, it, and we all know these people that we roll with. Their butt hits the mat and they bounce right back I up. Loved it. And it's craziness. But I loved that they weren't doing the thing where it's like every takedown attempt, I'm going to just stuff and and like. And, and pause reset, and, and reset. pause and reset. Yeah, both were willing. And again, it to, to I talked open about, up. They I talked to, about on commentary this up. weekend to have a good match. You need two guys, like you or two two grapplers. You need two people that are both willing to engage and willing to take risks yeah. and counter. Yeah, like countering off of something is a big thing that makes for me when I'm watching jujitsu great matches. It's like hey, 
guy A or grappler A does yeah. something, grappler B like reacts and then counters off of that and forces a reaction and forces forces a counter off of the first yeah. person. That was that was this match. That was oh yeah okay. Watch three levels of counters for all the wrestling takedowns, for all of the overhooking throws, and they just all the kept on, and throws. they just kept on going. Neither got tired. They and just again, kept on going. It's a shorter match. Yeah. Like again, this matches like this are what you what you have happen when you get the shorter matches. It was when sixes, right? I think sixes. Yeah. I think sixes are the perfect length for matches because match. you get to open up again if you have reasonable stalling penalties and you have a rule set that works for that. The the bad matches are never bad because it's only six minutes and your good matches are absolutely action-packed because yeah. people are willing to go are willing to open up and like a professional grappler isn't gonna blow through his gas tag in six minutes yeah and so they're willing to really push even if they go like you know completely all out yeah and i'm sure both of them seem to have enough six minute matches on their feet yeah i mean both they, these guys are we can... i know both these guys from their ajp matches from their uae jjf okay. their world like they these they both shine, especially Gabriel Souza, yeah. in that six-minute rule set. Like he is one of my favorite guys to watch in the UAE JJF and the AJP World Tour events, which happened this weekend. Michael Galvao and they, both, and they both kicked ass, and they both like, they both totally appreciated each other. Yeah, you could tell they would always like slap hands when they were coming back yeah. to the middle, like they were having a good time. They both enjoyed the match that they were having. Great match. Uh, Pato takes it again. He was just. He was just a little more, better a little in a lot aggressive. of the counters, and yeah. he was more aggressive. Yeah. Like I think that's especially on the feet. He was the one initiating many more of the successful takedown yeah. attempts and through the guard, and like he, yeah. he was just the one that he was had a in more the control. driver's seat. Yeah, he had yeah. a little more control, and he was a little more aggressive with everything. Yeah, but still, that it was a hair. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was he was in the driver's seat the whole time. Mm-hmm. So on the finals match, Diego Oliveira defeats Gianni Grippo via decision. And this is why I was confused because it was a sweep. It was a, a sweep and a sweep back and forth. And then I went, oh, Gianni swept at the end. And then it went to decision. And I went, oh, I'm confused. Shouldn't it be Grippo? And I texted you yeah. and I was like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, yeah, they had a rule change. They've changed yeah. this rule. And, you know, and I, was, well, I, oh. d- I just saw the rule didn't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah well, you, you figured it out. Yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't figured out, which is why, again, I texted you. We're like, hey, uh, I'm confused as to why uh, Gianni went to decision instead of winning. But they moved the rule again. Yeah, Pato got a takedown. Gianni got a, a sweep. Yeah. So it's a very large wasp. Yeah, uh, that's just hanging out. Right out. Now. Yeah, it's good times. Uh, yeah, we'll do well, if, if one of us gets, you know, if there's, stung, a, if there's, if there's maybe, a sudden cut, maybe, yeah, maybe it'll wake us up. If there's a sudden cut in the podcast. That's why. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not allergic, so we're good. I think I'm allergic a little bit. I just, <laughs> lost, I just lost where the wasp was. Okay, just we're just gonna deal with it. We are because it landed on my head one episode. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in one of the YouTube videos from like like probably four or five months ago, there's a. Uh, I, I cut and you can see in the beginning of the podcast like the intro I just bat something off my head and it's oh, actually okay. called a live wasp oh, and then I, nice. I do a little very caption nice. uh, on the YouTube video yeah. for like three seconds like yep there's a wasp that flies here and then oh, I, nice. I move away nice. so that was a, if you're a YouTube viewer of the podcast you probably caught that um, that was for you so again a great match yeah. um, it's a great tournament both guys opening up fun. but really it just came down to that you know that sweep and re-sweep and Diego and Pato was able to just he was the aggressor for more of the match. Yeah, he, he was. Because Gianna Grippo was in the driver's seat towards the end. Yeah. Once he got the sweep, he was in the mm-hmm. driver's seat. But Pato definitely... Towards the beginning of the match, definitely yeah. like was putting pressure on Gianni in the takedowns and still, the it offense. Was, and he was still being aggressive in the guard. It wasn't, yeah. that, it wasn't that Grippo really controlled that much. Yeah. It's a weird sound. It's the wasp hitting the light. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very good match. Very, really great tournament. I love, again, it's... 
it was short. It was sweet. We had super high level grapplers in being exciting. We had I a bunch it. of gi matches in between them. We did. We yeah. had a bunch of gi matches in between them, but the tournament itself was yeah. very, very well paced. Uh, anything else on the, on the event? Nope, that's it. Love to see it. Happy. We'd love to see more. Moving on to our recap of Third Coast Grappling. This was a 10th. Awesome. Another $10,000. $10,000. Again, I love seeing people get paid. And this was an underdog tournament. Yeah. Um, we had a couple people that I would it's not. A, it's a 180 bracket. I would not call underdogs in this, especially no, Renato no. Canuto. Canuto um, and Jefferson Garessi. Yeah. Garessi. We're both, we're both definitely not I mean, underdogs. Coming off of the, Garessi coming off of a Nogi World Championship. Canuto coming off of being Canuto forever. Yeah. And uh, let's talk. So let's, how do you want to do this? Do you want to run through all the matches or do you want to run through a couple? There's like a couple I of think them. we go through a couple because okay. we've already talked forever. And this is, it, be, being it's a 16-man bracket, It's there's a lot of matches. There are a lot of matches. Yeah. Um, let's, and let's, there's some tech falls, which yeah. I, I like the idea of a tech fall. I like the tech fall rule. Um, like it, it's rare we, we see it. We should probably explain the tech fall rule. So Third Coast Grappling, if you haven't heard us cover Third Coast Grappling before, um, they have a unique rule set and they have a tech fall. So if you beat someone, it's the first person to 11. Yeah. So most matches in professional events don't go ever to 11. But yeah. if you do happen to score 11 points And they don't points count the points to the end of the match. So you could be, right. as long as you're not at 11 at the end of the match, you still get a decision and they go into... Well, so it's, so. You can points tech, don't you, matter, You can tech fall someone yeah. if you get to 11 points. Yes. If you don't get to 11 points, if you get to 10 points and the match ends, you yeah. go into golden score. Yeah. Um, which I, I, I have my feelings about golden score. Certain matches, I love to see it. Other matches, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of it. And a couple of times it happens in this tournament, in the event overall, you have someone um, who very clearly loses the regulation and then in golden yeah. score and then like golden score wins picks up, gets two and, yeah. or gets a sweep or a takedown it just it feels a little i'm not a huge fan of that in in those instances again yeah. but it's the rule set and you have to play to your rule set um, but i like the i like the idea of the gold score yeah there's plenty of like, matches where it's like ah that's too close yeah. like i really think that like that match needs to continue to the next score, yeah. and I appreciate it. But there's other times where it's like, yeah, guys, like yes, yeah, such and such four to yeah. four to two. He's very clearly been in the driver's seat the entire yeah. time. He's taking his foot off the gas at the end a little bit, yeah, because he's not going to score eight, you know seven more points, and then he you know ends up losing something that he was very much dominating through the through the regulation on like a very small sweep. And it's just a somewhat frustrating. So, uh, Gasari comes out aggressive. He tech falls um, Hendrick Kimo Henderson. And neither of them seem to know what the hell was going on. Well, because if well, a lot of guys sometimes aren't familiar with, yeah, the, with the and, rule sense, or so, they're not, and they're not counting the points in their head. No, as they, just as they go. They're just grappling. But yeah, they had no idea what was going on. They had it's to like, be stopped. Tech fall? <laughs> yeah, no, you, beat, you beat him. Okay. Uh, then Hanato Kanuto comes out and uh, Estimo locks Tiago Asa in the last few seconds. Yeah, the very, very end of the match. Very it, close. It was a great Estimo lock. Dude, the steam lock's like, it's a it's a great technique, and I love I love how. But Hanato it has to be done very quickly, or you can get out of it in two seconds. Yeah, well, it's it's yeah. a it's a flash sub. Yeah, like very, I mean, look at the steamer, but like both Victor and Brawley, yeah. how they do it, you know, right in the gut, and it's a really quick. And that, when they first started doing it, guys couldn't figure out what it was because it's such a quick like it is toe hold in the gut. Um, I got some heat online about uh, Gianni Grippo ripping a sub earlier and. Oh really? About t- basically how fast is too fast for a sub? I was like in pro events, everything is legal, man. It's I, as fast as you I'm need to rip it. I'm not discussing that topic. So, it's- moving on. Next match we had Andy Varela uh, defeating Gabriel De La Santos via Tech Fall, thirteen to zero. 
Uh, we had Aaron Wilson defeating Estevan Martinez. Which he comes back into this match. I know, dude. He he's, comes, a, he's a 125er. Like, I, I think know. he weighs 127 or 124, something like that, coming into a 180-pound tournament. And he like, made it to golden score. Made it to golden score. I do score. have to say, like, he made it that far. Yep. Um, and Aaron Wilson defeats him in golden score. Um, Wilson tried to suplex him at one time. Yep. And I, I I, liked the fact that he blocked the suplex by by um, taking his one leg and switching it behind mm-hmm. So that he couldn't be elevated. You can wrap. You can wrap on the suplex, I mean. which is kind of what you what you should so. always. Whenever someone lifts you, you should always look for like, the leg wrap yeah. there. You so know, he you la- he he wrapped up the one mm-hmm. time not to get suplexed. Which is good. Which is his great technique. You don't have to get suplexed. I mean, there's it's like we were watch how Cody Steele suplexes. Like you really yeah. can't stop a lot of those, but certain lifts, like the straight up lift and then the turn, you yeah. can stop with the leg hook there. Yeah. And Esteban does that very well. And then in the overtime, you can watch Wilson just know and he slides him right by. He mm-hmm. like face plants him and slides by for two. Yeah. Which I mean, after after dealing with Esteban over and over again, I mean that was the best. It yeah. was easy. It you was quick. Get the, you want to get the easy two. And yeah. That, that's yeah. the best way to do so. Uh, moving next match, we had Hunter Newton defeating Eric Anderson via tech fall 15 to zero. We had Pat Downey defeating Gino Morelli via golden score, uh, seven to nine regulation. Pat Downey got a suplex in this match. He did get a suplex. I in this don't know. Match. Was it after the ref told him to stop? Cause that was, that was when I they was went confused. So they went, that. they went, they went like off the stage and then he grabbed the back, and then he. It looked like the ref restarted it, but as he restarted, Pat Downey just freaking suplexed dude on his head. Yeah, well, like the shoulders and head. And it was. It was. It was, sho- it was shoulders. It was shoulders and head. And head. Okay. Because I, I watched. I watched it repeatedly because I will always watch a Pat Downey. I'll watch any time in a grappling sport that I'm covering for jujitsu. Somebody yeah. gets suplexed, like. I will watch that a minimum of like three or five times. Okay, good like, to know. Every time Cody know. Steele posts a suplex, he gets DQ'd on for IBJJF because they said it was you know over the front, which is like, don't don't suplex onto the head. But if it hits the shoulder, man, like don't be in a place where you can be suplexed yeah. like that. And then his in in Golden Score Downey's like like body throw. I don't even know what to call that. It's like a head and arm. Like it's almost like a lat drop, but it was like a lat drop backward. Like. It, yeah. it, it was a strongman move. Don't get me it's wrong. It's a wrestling move. It's a, it's a, it's a and, it is. And again, I'm not. I'm very much not a wrestler. If you listen yeah. to the show for years, you can know I'm not a wrestler. There is a there's a name for what Pat Downey hit in wrestling that I do not know. Yeah, I should have asked. It is beautiful technique, and you should watch it. But yeah. it is a wrestling takedown that Pat oh, Downey hits. Oh, it is, hits and it, it was beautiful. It involves like torquing your hips and your chest yeah. and your weight while you it was have like a head. It's body. a head and arm throw. Yeah, but it's a twisting head and arm throw, and I mm-hmm. for, I should know. What it's called? It's like a very, it's a very Greco style throw. Yes, yeah, yes. Where it's upper body and it's just all like hips and drive through on the upper body to get them to come over. Yeah. But cool to see again. It it is cool to see the difference of the different skill set and move set that Pat Danny brings, and that, that gets him into trouble a little it's later. Also, it's also interesting to see um, people try to wrestle Pat Downey. I know. Like, why are you like? Hey, man, you shouldn't. When do he that. went against Pedro, Mar- was it? It Pedro was Pedro Marino. Marino. Yeah. Just like he'll hook him. Like, yeah. That's what you should like, do to him. Hey, man, you know what? You know what? <laughs> why Pat- he's a ginormous man. He's ginormous, and he is he's a been wrestling forever. Class wrestler, yeah. like maybe. I mean, maybe you want to show your your wrestling you don't, display, but you don't. I don't think you really want to. He's pad down. You're like, gonna be thrown on your neck. That guy doesn't know like. How did you score? There's no chill. He doesn't know how to win because he asked his and, corner, how do I win here? Yeah, and, and, and if you match. watched him, what I noticed, at least in that match and his later match, was when he took people down, he didn't 
he didn't have he had the wrestling acuity to take him down to like all fours or turtle yeah. and then he'd spin behind him mm-hmm. like in wrestling you would get your points for, take, for going for your the takedown yeah but he wouldn't he wouldn't actually block him and try to put him to their butt or he didn't right. try to actually take him down he to was, their back you could see he was still wrestling there yeah he was still in the wrestling mode and that did not does not really work in high level jujitsu. It works. It, it works, but, but you don't get your points. Yes, you're not getting your points because there's no points for turtle, and that gets exactly. into problems. So let's talk about okay. that in a minute. Anyway, because that in next in Pat Downey's next match that yeah. comes into play here, yeah. and but it's it's very relevant in like the style of game that Pat Downey plays. Yeah. coming from the straight up. Oh yeah, like Olympic wrestling style. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving next match, we had Oliver Taza defeating Adrian Nez via Golden Score two and zero in regulation. Uh, we had Jake Shields defeating Eric Aliquin via Techfall. Again, if you didn't know Jake, but by the way, Jake Shields, if you don't remember, uh, last match was with Hamilo Bahal. Took up Bahal to a very, very close either decision. I think Bahal finished on golden score uh, decision there. Uh, Shields has a bronze medal at ADCC, has a pans gold medal. Like Jake Shields is no joke, a very, very good grappler. He and is, he is he strong is. as shit. And we saw that in a couple matches here. Um, Shields is a very adept but grappler. But Shields, but, and well, we'll talk about Shields and Pat Downey later. Because Shields pulls on Downey. Which I thought good was, idea. Uh, but, good but, idea. But again, he gets it. Yeah, like, he that's, gets that. That's Shields, what you need you to do. You don't get to the highest level in the UFC without having good game planning. I, I would like to think that the Diaz brothers were like, dude, pull hey it's pat downey man you should pull <laughs> yeah. you should pull here pull bro like, we pull. game planned this you're probably not going to take yeah. him down um so moving on to the quarterfinals here we have jefferson gasari defeating andy varela via decision varela was in it um but gasari just imposed yeah where he needed to he's i mean he's a lot he's a lot to handle mm-hmm. his standing he's he's very good on his feet standing yep um, and, and then that's sort of where Varela is, had the best the best success because Varela yeah. does a re- really good job and is, has really really aggressive. Um, he's very very aggressive. He has a good wrestling stance and he, he does, gives guys he a does. lot of problems because they try to push against him yeah. as he's coming in. And he's very it, he I'm knows not, how to counter off that. He does, and he's also like seems to be very hard to move and to shake. Like he is going to consistently come forward into you, yeah. and he's not going to give you a lot to work off of laterally at all. Like he's very very good at. Like putting directional pressure into you, and sorry, eventually pulls off of it, um, and then you know he's able to just do more from the guard for the majority of the match. Varela's unable to get around him, um, and Gusari is able to just sort of stifle him in the guard. And they go, they went to overtime. Yeah, yeah, and that in the overtime was a bit was more of the same. Yeah, um, but Varela ch- tried to chuck Grassi off the stage at one point. Mm-hmm. Which was fun. That happens again. That happens. I know. I I, I appreciate. You, you haven't anybody. noted every time it happens. I do. Like, tries to I like tries to throw them off the stage. Like these are the things I note. I note crazy takedowns. I note people getting thrown off the stage. I know the really weird shit. I pay attention to some bizarre things when I watch jiu-jitsu matches. Next match, we had Hanato Kanuto defeating Aaron Wilson via golden score. Four and zero in regulation, um, but he's able to get him via golden score. Again, I love I love watching Canudo. He keep he kept a pace throughout the entirety of the match here, and uh, just kept trucking. Oh, he this was the one Canudo got the dummy sweep in mm-hmm. overtime, which I mean double ankle sweep. D- I know it's a it's they it, call it a dummy it's sweep. A du- it's a dummy sweep. 
Um, if you don't know what the dummy sweep is, it's essentially. Uh, and Canuto, I like how Canuto sets it up though, because yeah. he for because normally you're never gonna stand squared to someone where your yeah. feet are directly in line with their feet and hands. Yeah. But Canuto does a good job because you're gonna stand bladed off to someone. He yeah. does a good job of like forcing Wilson yeah. to stand up directly in front of him because he's yeah. gonna get knocked over if he doesn't so he stands up directly in front of him and Canuto just beautifully picks and he doesn't and just up. take him back he takes him to the side and just yeah. comes up the mount because it's gonna really it, good. it prevents the person getting far enough away from you yeah. to tech back up yeah. but if you take him to the side on the dummy sweep they can't do that and because they hit their hip and first. it's better than the the version that I used to do in tournaments which I used to joke around that I would just like kick people in the midsection mm-hmm. I would just grab their ankles and just like kick them as and hard as I could. Them. Yeah. You yeah. kick them in the hips just, or in the chest. Yeah, and you just freaking throw them across the mat. Yeah. That was my white belt like sweep of the day. I love that. Competing, I was just going to do that to you. If you I squared it. up, I was going to hit you. It was a very cool way to see Golden Score finish because, and I like the setup that Canuto uses here for it because he just, he comes to the side with it as opposed to coming to the front. Yeah. Uh, next match, we had Oliver Taza defeating Hunter Newton via straight ankle lock. And this was funny. I liked this because we are starting to see people go for straight ankles in Nogi again. Yeah. And yeah. I thought it was, and I've seen it. Like, and it was from a 50-50, but it was like a, it was a different 50-50. It was like a crushed in 50-50 yeah. where Taza wasn't, Taza wasn't able to get all, all the way over. He didn't choose to get all the way over yeah. on his shoulder yeah. to dig for the heel hook. He just kept it there with like the, what they call it? Um, Butterfly? No, the the grip, uh, hangar grip. Okay. Or, or shotgun grip, what they called it. Um oh. He comes over with, the with, the with that grip and he goes straight back with it yeah. as opposed to turning to the sideways to dig for the heel. And in the last like two months, I've seen more and more people in Nogi finishing ankle locks as That's opposed good. to switching off for the heel hook. And Taza, again, a guy that is notorious for the heel hook, electing to go for the ankle lock. I'm very curious to see if we're having a slight meta change because with I was the, always I was always taught that you should always go for the ankle lock first and then transition. You from can the always ankle. switch yeah. off to the heel hook from the ankle yeah. lock, but you can't. It's like you, you can't, can't go, you can't, you can't go, go backwards. Go back, but yeah. it's interesting to see Gantaza has for so many years been such an adept knee bar guy yeah. and heel hook guy to maybe see just, him going to the ankle maybe lock. Maybe it's one of those things where sometimes when you go to for a heel hook, you're putting yourself in a bad position. Yeah, I mean, he never yeah. angled off and he never like allowed Newton to stand back up on it. He just kind of was very straight on with him, pushed him away with the feet, and then just expressed and and finished the heel. Uh, sorry, the straight ankle lock. Yeah. Very quick. Uh, again, what we what we expect from Taz in the, in the leg lock department, there's very few guys that you know are more adept at the leg lock game than he is. It's just cool to see him leaning into the straight ankle lock on this versus going to the heel lock that he's historically been so successful with. Next match, the, this is one of two matches on the card that were extremely controversial. Um, I actually talked to Josh Palmer, the commentator for yeah. Thurkos Grappling and everything else, um, about this, this was, match in this particular. This was just a crazy match. And if... First of all, the just the combination of these two, their corners mm-hmm. and everybody is just a wild. So Pat Downey, you got Seth Daniels, uh, CEO of Fight to Win, yeah. and now he works with Brian McGuire on Third yeah. Coast Grappling, and so they're working in conjunction. So he was each other. coaching for he was for coaching Pat. Pat Downey. You have Jake Shields coached by uh, Nate Diaz and the Carlson Gracie yeah. team yeah. over there, which is that's that's a hell. And of a And allegedly, corner. they were like talking shit about um, hair and all nothing kind of, would they, surpri- and yeah. Seth has like a has like a braid and a like, ponytail. Yeah, if you watch if you watch them, they're like talking to each other as much as they're talking to the yeah. people they're coaching so it had to have been a fun time i think that would have been a um, fun group of people so to have in with. this match uh do you want to talk about the regulation or talk about the golden score or the, the controversy um 
I kind of want to. I mean, just shield, to, yeah, shields pulls guard. Yeah, and and Downey looks to and pass. Downey looks to pass, and that's the match. Um, yeah, it goes into it goes in well, and then when it goes into Golden Score, there's a whole controversy over who wins, who who gets to pick the position. Yeah, because initially they say it's Downey. But then they say there's only two judges for Downey, which I'm like, but there's four judges. So how that, like, that's two to two. I think there's three judges, right? There's three judges. Yeah, okay. three judges. So that makes more sense now. But then there was like, maybe it's blue, maybe it's black. We don't well, really they, know. They had a different color wristband. It was it yeah. was a whole thing that happened that was unclear a little bit on the broadcast, but eventually they sorted out. no one out. knew what was going on. They determined that Jake Shields gets to pick the position. I thought, okay, that's reasonable. Like he was. And of course. He what was he, doing. He puts Downey on his back and guard, and you're like, yeah, obviously. Like, uh, and then Downey looks at Seth and goes, "How do I win?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is, and, and and Seth basically, and the commentary. Josh did a great job on yeah. commentary talking about it. He goes, "Yeah, just get up and you get on top." Yeah. And he was like, "Okay." And then okay. Pat Downey goes, "Okay, I'm going to do that," and then does that. Yeah. To Drake to Jake Shields, because so Downey basically he does a reversal he does a reversal he texts up out of it and then he knows he has to control shields he knows he can't just come to the feet he actually has to get on top here and so he goes but he goes behind him he goes behind him like a wrestler and then he is in the process of trying to take him over yeah and Seth in the corner is calling for two because Downey's on top now and Downey's driving through and I think some of the refs were calling for two yeah so well, well, there was the one more, of the, yeah. two of the refs hadn't called for two at least. Okay. And then Seth's calling for two because he's on top and Shields is kind of half turtled. But he's turtled. turtled he's but he's turtled. still turtled. So in my understanding of the scoring here, this needs to continue and Pat, yes. down, Pat Downey either needs to settle the position to the back or Shields needs to retain the guard. And settling to the back meaning he needs his hooks in. Yeah, either go to the he hooks needs, in yeah. back because if you go to the turtle in this position, there's no point. There's no point. It's just an add in IBJJF. Because it's not considered it's not considered a sweep. It's right. a reversal. It's a reversal. And then in IBJJF, that would be an advantage. Yeah. Here, third coast, there are no advantages. Yeah. So it goes, but there's discussion about points. And then there's it's a not chal- settled yet. And there's, there's a challenge, challenge flag thrown, but it's not thrown by Seth. Oh, it's okay. thrown by someone else. But oh, Seth okay. told them to throw oh, it. Okay, that's and how it that's went. the confusion because they're going, okay, well, your corner challenged. Yeah. And then they figure out, okay, Seth threw the flag because he thought there should be points. There weren't yeah. points awarded. So and the position had You can, you been can hear him yet. arguing the position. Yeah. And they argue, they discuss for yeah. a long period of time. They give one point to Jake Shields. And I because read the Because you lose the challenge. Because you lose the challenge. And that's but very. But it's an overtime. And overtime can't be decided by. Um, a challenge. Sorry, overtime can't be ended by a challenge. challenge. It can be decided by a challenge, which inevitably, at the end of it, it does get decided that way, but it can't be ended via challenge. So they go back to the position, they reset. Um, Pat Danny again gets behind Shields. He's lifting at the leg, and he's never able to fully turn Shields over or go boots in or go for the hooks. And then Shields goes for the leg lock attempt. Yep. And that's it. Yeah, you you can see a grimace. He gets oh, yeah. a grimace from Pat Downey. Pat Downey, but he's not going to tap. Like, but Pat Downey's not going to tap. And then I was like, oh, no, Pat Downey's going to get it. He's going to take his back. And his knee went into a position. I was like, oh, like, you've been wrestling your whole life. Your knees can't be that amazing. Like, this, they, this your, is, your knees ain't great. Yeah, your knee. But um, I, I think if, if Downey planned it a little bit better, if he would I have, think Downey, if he would have understood. I think it was very possible yeah. in that position that everyone argued about. Yeah. It was very possible that Downey could have turned shields over. Yeah. It's also very possible that Shields is going to tech out and get on top again. Yeah. Like it was, it used, they was stopped right in the middle of it. Yeah. And I would have preferred the refs to just ignore 
the challenge yeah. until the position was settled and not stop it because the ref stops it as the challenge flag is thrown. Yeah. And again, I don't know what's going on. And Ryan McGuire for Third Coast, president yeah. of Third Coast, matchmaker for Third Coast and Fight to Win, talked about, he goes, look, we had some issues with our refing. Yeah, it was we need brought to, up on commentary yeah. as well that there was a lot of discrepancies in refing. He goes, we're going to fix it. We're going to sort it out. You'll never see this again. And again, that's something Ryan's talked about in the past for things and issues they've had, and they've yeah. corrected them on Third Coast. You know, they've made big changes consistently. Um, I expect us to see it, but it was a bit frustrating in yeah. this match because it was a great match. It was a very exciting yeah. and high-stakes match. I would have wished and I wanted to see it play out, and we I just would, weren't able I would to. See, I would like to see... Pat get a little more um, experience, experience, or it, at least understand movement, understand points, and be yeah. able to deal with that. Um, but you can tell that he's he's still getting into the jujitsu world from wrestling because he still has a lot yeah. of the wrestling. He ways. still he does a, most of his go behinds and takedowns, or all of his takedowns, which is great. But um, a lot of his positional control is very predicated on wrestling, wrestling, and the point style and for the point wrestling style for wrestling, yeah, as opposed to the goals of jujitsu, which Again, he can make work and modulate, but he, oh, we're, yeah. we're seeing we're seeing a transitional period for him where he has a lot of but holdovers. Ex- but it can be exploited, and it's being exploited. Yeah. And I want I just want to see him continue. I want to see him work on some leg lock defense. Yeah, and I would like to see him suplex a bunch more people. I would love to see that. <laughs> I, think, I think we will see that for many yeah. years to come if he continues yeah. to compete. Especially in if he goes into MMA, which I think he's his transition is into MMA. Wouldn't yeah? That, yeah. That's what I would. He has a. He's at an MMA gym currently. Yeah, he yeah. has a style that I think will translate well very very well to yeah. mma and he again, just gets there and then pounds somebody's face i would assume that's what happens so uh fun match interesting lots of controversy but gives us a lot gives me a chance to talk about rules which i yeah. enjoy going into the nuance of the rules and why things happen and again whenever you go into a competition you should plan and understand and, your rules and, well and so you know that, what to do and it's good that jake shields played along and yeah. and he was a good sport about it because he didn't really have to like he could have yeah. took that win and walked away with it you mm-hmm. know so but. Yeah, good for both guys. Um, semifinals match, we have Jefferson Gasari defeating Oliver Taza via golden score. It was 5-0 in regulation. Um, Gasari, you know, shuts down Taza's offense, really, for the match. Pretty much. And then overtime gives golden score, and uh, Gasari uh, takes closed guard bottom, which we knew was going to happen. Which but he where, immediately opens it. Where we knew he was going to go. He doesn't, yep. like, ho- try to lock him in or yeah. hold it. Which they uh, comments were made, and if you watch that match, all of his... Um, Earlier on, a lot of his sweeps and a lot of his movements were done from closed guard. Yeah, so that's very much where so he wanted it to was, play for this entire tournament. It was surprising tournament. that once he took closed guard bottom, that he didn't keep it or at least try to. He immediately went to open guard. Yeah, so that was that was different to see. A big shift. Yeah. Uh, next match we had, and one of my favorite uh, things from this weekend, we had uh, Renato Canuto flying arm barring Jake Shields. It was a pretty fun off of a collar tie. Off a collar tie. It's almost the exact same armbar you brought up earlier that Amanda Levy does. Yeah, I have a Amanda Levy taught it. Yeah, taught it over the weekend. Um, and it's it's almost the same one except he just jumps his whole body at you Mm -hmm. and you just got to deal with it. But yeah, Canuto just he we saw him throwing a couple flying submissions throughout the evening. Yeah, but he flew a couple flying triangles. But he hits Jake Shields with this, and he lands like on his neck and on his shoulder, and he rolls through. And I was like, "Oh my god, he got it!" Yeah, because he rolls to Shields through. Shields rolls with him, and then ends up ba- on his back yeah. with the arm out and yeah. has to tap. Um, 
I, it was wild. Like yeah, the setup, it was the, wild. just in no to have a guy throw it like this and to have the control and to be co- that confident with the arm grip yeah, and the it takes, neck grip. It takes a lot of confidence to be able to pull it. You saw a guy like two years ago get his neck broken on working this arm, but yeah. he, he was working in a way that you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Um, but Canuto does it from underneath, which is yeah. more safe, but it's still a no flying arm bar. I mean, it's it's still wild. It's, it's still, still very dangerous. You could, yeah, you could still but, get, but. When it's done and it's done correctly, it's beautiful. Beautiful technique. Just, again, one of those things I will never emulate, but absolutely love that Hanato Canuto versus Jake Shields of all guys. Yeah. Like, in well, the I guess semifinals. Well, I guess he sort of knew he had to take him out at that point. Yeah. He, and knew, you don't, he, knew, he knew that Jake Shields was going to give him a hard time. And he's so and he, strong. He, I mean, he yeah. pulls in the match in the beginning. He pulls a teepee choke. He, yeah. like, jumps a teepee choke, and then you see Shields just... Like be strong, <laughs> just like shake it off, and just kind of goes like, yeah, whatever. No, and I was like, oh yeah, Shields is a very, very big, strong dude. You're not yeah. gonna get this on. He's not gonna let you get this him. I like Jake Shields post MMA. Yeah, I love his his jujitsu. I interviewed him for BJJ Fanatics. Really? Uh, yeah, it was really. Yeah. It was a really fun interview. It was after Thurco Grappling in. Uh, Houston. Yeah. I like his retirement. I like the fact that he went into jiu-jitsu for re- yeah. retirement. He's doing American jiu-jitsu and he's yeah. going out there and he's like competing a lot, looking a lot on third coast grappling. Yeah. Like, I like seeing that. He was, he was fun to interview. It's cool to see him like showcase the highlights of his game in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So, definitely. um, finals match, we had Hanato Kanuda defeating Jefferson Gusari via decision, zero, zero regulation. Um, Kanuda just goes. He does yeah. more in the match. It's close. Gasari ta- doubles him yeah, once real good. Real good. And almost gets to his back. Close. He's close. And then Canuto goes like, nah, not going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. This could could have went either way. Yeah. I think it could have went either it way. It was very, easy. very close. There's definitely, very close definitely moments that Gusari had. Um, I was watching this and yeah. I went, I don't know how this decision is going to go. Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, I was, I was not surprised to see go canudo um but i could see a strong argument for gasari getting it yeah um based on again based on the offense for the takedown and the back take he never really he never really booted the hooks for the back take no fully and he got, did like, a good job of defending he did and then he immediately did. started to pass well, off but of it, it but it also it also stopped i think they went off the stage i think they got close to the yeah edge. and it looked and like so he was gonna get the, yeah. the arm in the neck too as they were going off yeah. the stage and i was kind of curious they did a lot of restarts that were full restarts yeah. and we're seeing a lot more promotions do that now um do full re- if there's anything kind of happening off the edge they just yeah. do a full restart standing again yeah um and it was it happened it happened a couple of times this weekend, actually. Yeah. Uh, and it was just an interesting way to do it. I think that Hanada would probably have defended that, but the choke did look pretty deep for Gasari. Yeah. But again, it was in transition as they were going off the stage. And so it's always... True. I'm always... I, I'm always Well, you're always hesitant. curious if you're... How much you're defending at that point or how right. much you're afraid you're about like, oh, to Oh, we're falling off the, off the stage. Like, we're going to reset yeah. anyway. Like, I don't really care if he's going to get my neck here because we're falling off the yeah, stage. Exactly. Like, I'm not as... And you know it's going to be called in the next few seconds. Right. And so it's one of those, like, I don't... I don't ever put a ton of stock into an elevated stage, how much an athlete is defending something on the edge of the stage because it's like you're now all of a sudden thinking about the edge of the stage and the match as opposed to just what you would be doing if you were in the center of the stage. So it's like I, as we do the show more and more, I put less stake into off the edge stuff than I did previously. I think you probably can find earlier in the show, probably 200 episodes ago, where I put a lot more stake into like, well, they're off the stage, but where did it end up? But it's yeah. like, as I've watched more and more athletes address edge of stage, yeah. I just think that 
I put I nowadays I put less stock into the positional changes that happen in those final sequences. True. But again, Gusari was deep on the neck when they did reset. Um, and I think that was what was the strongest position that was established in the match. Overall, very fun final. Yeah. Very fun tournament. It was a very long tournament. Yeah, it was a, it was a 6-hour event. Yeah. It was it was fun. There's a whole host of super fights here. Uh, we had some controversy, especially Anthony Burchock and Josh Rodriguez. You can read all about that on uh, Grappling Insider. See some nice pictures. See some nice pictures. They got into a bit of a, a slapping and match a and a, a small fight erupted. Um, and then Seth, I, the funniest piece about the whole thing was Seth comes, uh, all, it, the dust kind of settles there. Seth comes up on stage. He gets both guys by like, he brings both people very yeah. close in. So only that Seth and them can hear. And he basically says something like, hey, guys, like, I get it. Yeah, you got to like, we're close into the match. Yeah. You just got to finish the match out. Whatever you got to do, let's get it done. Yeah. And everything's cool. And they continue the match. But it was just yeah. a very funny Seth moment to watch him walk out, settle everything down. Yeah. And then everything start up again. And I was like, I appreciate I do appreciate Seth for many, many things. But for yeah. especially for moments like that, because he doesn't want to fight to win. We've seen him do it over the years. Oh, yeah. At work as a mediator on the stage and with the athletes and on the mic. Like Between that and making sure people don't fall off the stage, yeah. he was really good at coming in and, and making sure that no one gets hurt and, and calming everybody down. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. We had a, Dan Dykeman hitting a great reverse triangle here. Um, yeah, overall, it was a great event. A lot of fun. Uh, you can find the replay on Fight TV. Uh, $20 pay-per-view. A little more expensive than usual, but... Um, again, these guys are paying out. It's six guys. hours. Six you hours. Watch six hours. Six hours of grappling. Uh, and, and you can watch as many times as you want. You can. And the guys are getting paid. So again, support jujitsu if you're able to do so. Um, we are again a big proponent of these guys getting paid. These guys continue to run events. They're running a pay per view and they're paying out. You know, their grapplers. And Ten so grand. I was, I always like to kind of champion for that for organizations that are not on streaming services like Fight Pass or Flow, going to yeah. Podia run stuff or BJ Stars when they were running pay per views. And at least you don't have ads in the middle of your. You don't. Pay-per-view. And it was concealed. You had, you had a couple like of the interstitial ads yeah. between matches, but it wasn't during the matches itself. Yeah. And uh, and I appreciated that. So that does it for Third Coast Grappling. Uh, the underdogs are scrapping eight underdogs. Very happy to see what these guys bring through next. Um, and we are done. Oh, it was the, a lot of fun. We are done the uh, recap of the weekend. Uh-huh. On to the preview section of the show. Uh, not yes. a whole lot to preview. We don't have a fight card yet for Fight to Win uh, 186, but it's probably going to have a very fun main event. It always does. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Submission Underground at 28. Uh, main event is Hassan Rita, uh, the giraffe, versus Andy Varela. Who I didn't actually know that saw... his nickname was the giraffe. Yeah, his name is their giraffe. He's a fucking giant and he's yeah. tall as shit. Yeah. And he has, he has, he has great graphic. I always get, all highlights. for whatever reason, I always just, um, in my mind, I go to the rapper Florida. Florida? Yeah, Florida. <laughs> that shows, I, I listen to a lot of rap, can't you tell? So um, that's the, no, that's that's the who I think about one. whenever I see his name. That's how I remember him. For awesome Rida. <laughs> who I can't unsee that now. Thank no, you, Miranda. No, no, now you're going to see that forever. Um, I'm very curious to see how this goes. That's a, definitely a 90s thing right there. It, 2000s 2000s very you much for water 2010 okay so maybe maybe it was in my 20s so yeah yeah um very curious to see how this match goes again varela looks good i'm curious to see in the in the format here Varela's a guy that's very experienced with the overtime rita is less experienced with the ebi style overtime yeah. uh varela was in that big Varela can also pu- push him into the cage mm-hmm. and just kind of work off the cage and i I'm, I'm, i the style of this matchup i'm 
very curious about because we know Varela is going to come super aggressive forward. We've yeah. seen Rita do that, but we've also seen Rita play very kind of passively, True. and we've seen him do that more recently. I think it also depends on what he's against. Yeah, it, it, who he's against. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see parallels in this match uh, versus um, with Varela, like we saw in the Sloan Climber match at yeah. who's number one, where it's like he's a uh, Varela has a similar stylistic game to Climber. And I'm curious to see if we're going to see a slower match from Rita. It's going to go to overtime. I would give the edge to Andy Varela here in overtime, although Hassan Rita is, again, an, also an outstanding technician here. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me to have him After leverage. After watching uh, Varela's match this weekend, I think I'll go with him. Yeah. I think, he, I think he'll... I mean, he can work off the cage if he has to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can definitely just kind of... Um, He's explosive when he needs to be, so yeah. I think that'll that'll push him through. Or Varela going to the leg locks here off the takedown on the cage True. would also not surprise me. We've seen Hasim historically have a little bit of problem with the leg locks. Again, we've also I've also never seen the last time I saw Hasim Rita, I saw Hasim Rita in the cage was versus Lachlan Giles. Yeah, and that's and that was that's a whole different three years ago. It's a whole different animal to yeah. worry about. But it was three years ago. Hasim yeah. was still a brown belt. Like yeah. it's it's a very different, and that was a guy. newer a newer Lachlan Giles. Like I don't think Lachlan Giles was as that was post ADCC. Oh, it was post oh, yeah. ADCC. That was or okay. that was right before. I think it was right around ADCC. Okay. Um, but I remember the match being notoriously really hard to find. Lachlan has since posted it on his yeah. YouTube on the Absolute MMA YouTube page, so you can find it now. But the initial match was it was a Chinese MMA promotion. It was very oh, hard, okay. very hard to find. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it should be a fun match again. I'm not. I'm, collection of other guys that we featured uh, on SUG. We have Jordan Holy on this card. We have Kyle Chambers on this card. Should be a fun event. Happens on Sunday. Happens on Halloween. It is yep. a Halloween card. On Fight Pass. Mm-hmm. And so we've also, on the coming event, we have uh, Guillermo Vasconcelos versus Aaron Tigas. That's a gi match. They've been piping that one real, real hard. Chael's really pushing gi, those two guys. Gi in the cage. Gi in the cage, which I like to see. Again, I, like, be I do appreciate Sug will occasionally throw a gi match here. There's yeah. fewer and fewer promotions that are showcasing the gi. Um, I think this it's very interesting as Sug with the overtime to see an overtime match in the gi. Yeah. It's rare. So, again, I appreciate yeah, seeing the gi match now. you can stall out in the gi a lot easier. You can which definitely. Which is going to create problems. So, um, that's it. Uh, well, fight to win 186. We, we don't have a card. We, we don't have, have a card yet for that. For that. Yet. Yeah, okay. But it should be fun. Uh, that's October 29th. So that's on a Friday. So that does it. Uh, let's move into yep. the outro section. How was yeah. your weekend, Miranda? It was, it was a long weekend. I did uh, a Nogi um, women's uh, grappling camp at 10th Planet in Bethlehem at headquarters nice. um, for finishers. And it was six hours a day. It was three hours or... Four hours of instruction? No, three hours of instruction. It was a long day, I can tell you that. But um, Amanda Lev taught. Uh, Brittany Elkin taught there. Br- yeah, Brittany taught. Um, Brittany taught on the second day, and then we had uh, Jess Feliciano taught leg locks at one point. Okay. Um, reverse fifty-fifty, and uh, and then we had um, a someone from uh, Black Hole Jiu Jitsu hmm. uh, teach teach some chokes and, and some other fun stuff. So we did that and a little bit of rolling. It was fun. A little bit six hours a day. Yeah, it was it was it was long. So you too had a big weekend like Yeah, I, I had two six hour days. Nice. Um and definitely the second day I, I should have probably rolled more, but I was kind of blown at that point. You were kinda of tired. Yeah, you get tired and and as you go to any camp like that, um 
you, they come at you. The level is like, high. Yeah, I mean, everyone's there. When you roll, you roll hard. Yeah, like it's not everyone's there be... for a comp camp as opposed yeah, to like, it's, just like it's, having a happy fun it's time. It's not. Yeah, it's not like let's let's roll for fun. It's like I'm gonna take your head off. Yeah. And you're in a room with a bunch of people that have the ability to. And they're definitely... going to ADCC trials. I some of them, yes. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. yeah, I know Brittany is. Brittany is Manigon. Uh, I don't know if she didn't say anything about it. Okay. Um, you know it. It goes back to females and and the disadvantage yeah. of East Coast trials, um, but I talked to Brittany about it. She is definitely doing it and is excited to do it, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm super. I'm. Um, it should be awesome. I'm happy. I'm super happy that you went because now hopefully yeah. you'll have some more some better insight into those divisions and also oh, into yeah. like you know you're you're we're all gearing into the ADCC kind of mindset oh, yeah, and it's gonna be great. Uh, and I'm super and excited for get it. Wrapping my head around the rules and mm-hmm. how the rules are all. I've been reading. Work. I've been reading through the rules this week and we've been discussing it and the yeah. rewind and the gym chats yeah. about like the nuances about you know exactly how you have to settle yeah. um, it was very funny kind of in contrast i'm commenting this back weekend thing. the whole back the whole back to thing get is, the back of the mat is very is different which zach who also commentates yeah. started doing a, a drill on friday yeah. class where he makes you um basically square somebody on all mm-hmm. fours on their back yeah to, which to, i to never score. really i never really thought about that mm-hmm. i never really thought how much it sucks as a small person going after big people mm-hmm. and passing and having to pass to squaring someone all four of someone's backs or you know yeah, what i mean all four corners all of four back. corners of your back to the mat yeah that's more difficult than you realize mm-hmm. certain passes do not work nope you are not going to have it happen and so it kind of again it, one of yeah. the things about acc is all those little things that you yeah. don't think about and we're all it's funny everyone on the team yeah. forgot we mind is gearing up to, to yeah. begin covering adcc trials and then the extra points you get for a passing guard when you throw and yes and all of that all that extra little nuance stuff that, that, that you if know. you're going to go compete on these high level yeah. events you should very much be aware of and again i've, I've championed this for years Always make sure you know your rule set as a competitor and as a coach very, very well oh, so yeah. that you can be making the right decisions in the moment. And if you've studied your rule set as you should have, you should be able to consistently make the right decisions because it should be not second nature, but you should know what you need to be doing yeah. in all scenarios because you should know how the scoring operates. Exactly. And that's you you're doing yourself a disservice because you can do that after you train. It doesn't involve anything physically taxing. It's just somewhat mentally taxing yeah. to get everything straight. But with an event such so big like ADCC trials. And important. Yeah, and you need to do prestig- that for yourself. Prestigious. So, prestigious. So, yeah, yeah, it was fun. I had a 12-hour day of uh, commentating Riverfront Fights up in Delaware. Had a great time doing it. I talked a little Actually, about it in the roll, intro. Actually, I rolled with a couple girls that were doing that tournament. Nice. Because they let them weigh in at the um, camp the yeah. day before, which was Nice. nice. Yeah, it was it was a great event. I got I I love doing commentary. It's it's a lot of fun. I got to work with Eric Naples again. Okay. With him on. I think like this is the third event. Yeah. So I was with him on. So I was with his his girlfriend was teaching on Saturday. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Overall, yeah. great great community. It's awesome to see folks come out in Delaware to support such a good cause. Raised a bunch of money for that. You can find good. that broadcast on uh, YouTube. There's some audio hiccups here and there, but you want to hear me, you know, commentate more jujitsu. Uh, there it is. And here, Eric and I, you know, I love I love working with Eric. So good. it's awesome to get an opportunity to work with him again. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, overall, very, very tired from the weekend, but yeah. had, a, had a good weekend of, of jujitsu. Lots, yep. lots of hours of watching fights between the four events, essentially, yeah. got to cover this weekend. So that's all I got. Yeah. You got I, anything else? I don't have much more. We have two energy drinks down. Yep. Um, as always in the show, I'm here with Maine, join my co-host. Miranda. And we are the Grappling Rewind. We'll see you on the mat. Whatever it is, stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have 
Twitter. We have Google Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.